hello, hello, everyone. Welcome back to Passions Podcast, the podcast where we talk about the soap opera Passions. I'm your regular host, Latara, back again, special treat, two weeks in a row with our friend Lisa from far, far away from me. I, I love having our international guest on the show. Does the time difference not annoy you that we like? No, <laughs> okay, doing it at this time. I love Hi, everyone. Doing it Thank you for time. having me back, Latara. <laughs> You're welcome. I love having you on. No, the time doesn't, di- difference doesn't bother me. I mean, for you, I feel like Perfect. it's late for you. So, I, no, it's not that late. And I'm not at work tomorrow. So, we can talk about passions for as long as we want to. Well, all right. So, and talk about passions, we will, because y'all, this week was fun. It was a fun week. We um, watched episodes 576 through 580. Yes. We did. I just checked as well before I came on. <laughs> all right. But before we get into the episodes, I have to say a quick thank you to all of the patrons over on Patreon. Thank you to Luna Shea, Marcus. Lynn, Lisa, Sid, Serana, Randall, Hannah, Camelia, Samantha, Jeanette, Eric, Fantasia, Sean, S, Larissa, Maria, George Lopez, Fitzgerald, our Lisa here with us today, Jessica Jean, Laura, Thomas, and Karen. Thank you all so much for being patrons. Um, We will be having a watch party soon because I now have a little, I'm going to have a little bit more time. So um, once I go home, We'll be having some a watch party next week and the week after. We'll do. Are uh, you home for the holidays? Yeah, I'm gonna go home for the holidays, and so we'll have a little watch party. And maybe who knows? Maybe I'll get some special guests from my family. <laughs> I have one of my cousins used to watch Passions with me. Like she and I used to watch it together a lot. So I've been I've asked her if she wanted to be on the show. And she's like, Yeah, I'll do it. Um, but she's like, it has been kind of going back and forth on it. But I'm hoping I can get her on because she's hilarious. Like she's so funny. So what's, I think what's she, the she hesitation? Be a lot of fun. Yeah, I think it would be a lot of fun. She's just I think she's like camera shy. But anyway, <laughs> let's get into passions this week. Let's start with our faded couple. I don't even know if I can call it faded couples anymore. I don't know what to call this shit. This <laughs> shit a is a mess. <laughs> What'd you say, Lisa? I said it needs a rebrand. <laughs> yeah, I I got to come up with something else. This, this like ill faded couples because <laughs> they are in bad shape so we pick up this week and Pilar is attacking Julian we remember yes. that she was like damn you Julian you did you took her innocence and just like went in and just started attacking him and like scratched his face he has like gouging. a huge yeah that's what they call it gouging yeah he has this He's trying to tear his eyes out yeah she he gets this big scratch across his face with where you can see it's like her three fingernails like dug into his face and yeah he's she's She's going in on him, honestly. And he's taking no accountability whatsoever. He's like, what did I do? I didn't That's do it. anything. Um, I-, I haven't done anything wrong. It wasn't my fault. Yeah, yeah. And then the girls are trying to pull him off of her, uh, off of uh, Julian, Winnie and Teresa are. And they don't have the strength, the, the strength of a mother. It takes the strength of a mother because Eve comes in and it takes the strength of a mother to de- defeat the strength of a mother, I guess. Because Eve comes in and she pulls Pilar away. Not immediately. Like, no, At first she's fine with it. Listen, Eve, this week, oh, while, yes. while while I have been saying that Eve is a villain, I also know that she has been victimized by Julian. Yeah. Right? We hear and, a lot about that this week. Yes, and I love hearing more about their past. And and I'm I actually loved a lot of the things she said about him this week. Like, Agreed. and we'll get there. But I actually was very much Team Eve Russell this week, which I know it might oh. be surprising to some, yeah. but. But we have a common enemy in Julian, because fuck him. Mm-hmm. So Eve shows up. She's able to pull Pilar off of Julian. And uh, she tells Julian, she says, go to my office. I'll deal with you in a minute. Like, run. She's like, run. And she's holding back Pilar, because Pilar's, like, trying heartily and mightily to get to Julian still. Like, she is not calming down. Yeah, she's and- saying she's going to kill him. Yeah, a mother's fierceness was on full show this week. 
Yes. And so she sends him to her office and she's holding Pilar back. Julian is like lamenting about his face. I've been disfigured. Yeah, I'm, I'm bleeding. bleeding. <laughs> I've been disfigured. Um, and then Eve asks Pilar what's going on. And it doesn't. And because Eve knows Julian, Pilar only had to give her like a look and say basically the most cryptic thing about my poor daughter. And Eve immediately was like, oh, Julian yeah. seduced Teresa. Yeah, and I thought as if Julian could seduce Teresa. What I liked was um, when Eve said, why are you hitting him now? Not that he doesn't deserve to be hit, but what, what, <laughs> why are you right at this moment are you hitting him? Which I thought was quite funny. Yeah, I agree. Like she had some good lines this week as it pertained to Julian. For I've real. written a lot of them down. But good. again, she um, of course offers Pilar a sedative. Yes, I cracked up. And Eric actually sent that clip to me uh, like a couple of weeks ago. And I watched it and I was like, oh, I can't wait to get to that. And I, I, when it came up, I was like, oh, this is it. Was, yeah, of course. What else would she oh, do? Pilar, honey, do you need a sedative? <laughs> oh my, I think they, the writers are in on the gag now that, that Eve just sedates everyone. They must be they in on it with They have to be. Yeah. It's so funny. They all, She's always giving out drugs to people to get them incapacitated so anyway uh pilar says no i don't need a sedative what i need is that man dead mm -hmm. <laughs> like um meanwhile then eve basically lays into whitney for lying to her about what happened in bermuda whitney says well Teresa's my friend i couldn't give her away she's my best friend like you have to understand eve says i told you girls how dangerous he is and you know often i don't know she She's having her own moment. Like she, Eve is getting more and more upset as the, the moments wear on. And she's like ready to fight when she goes back to her office. Oh um, yes, she is. So she goes back to her office and she doesn't waste any time. She Love immediately that. just punches him across the face. <laughs> While, and it was funny because again, he's lamenting about his face. He's like, oh, I've been disfigured. He's in the office talking about it. Blood. Yeah, and then she comes in and she punches him right in the nose. I mean, she, she I don't even think she said anything to him. <laughs> nope, immediately. She just did it like John Wick would. He like, was like, your crazy friend, look what she's done to me. And she's like. Oh. Yeah, and knocked him down. She gave him a yes. good punch, like a Mike Tyson knockout. And um, so he, she punches him. Uh, she says, I should strap you to an operating table and let Pilar pluck out your eyes yeah. and cut out your tongue. Um, and he says, I don't see what the big deal is. What's the big deal? So we had sex, so what? Like he says, we had sex, so what? The weirdest thing he said was, he said, we had sex, but then he said, but you and I had sex once too. Like why does he think that was such a weird sentence? Also, why would you think that would help her be less yeah. angry at you? right now like everyone's having sex with me you know how she feels about you and you know how she feels about her past with you and that that's only like negative feelings for her she would only ever like, be angry yeah. about you bringing that up and she just punched him in the face. Times. he's trying to get punched again mm. <laughs> and so well, he did repeatedly he did she beat his ass i, like, I was his... slapping and scratching but eve she yes, had eve. full bald fit like balled mm -hmm. up fist punching dropping the hammer wwe style yeah so like it was wonderful yeah i every time julian got hit this week at which was many times everybody so many times julian got hit like so many people great. and every time i was like yeah get him he deserves this it was a long time coming this wasn't it and mm. yeah oh yeah and they he don't even his. know he murdered murdered sheridan like you can know imagine. can you imagine the beating he would get for that so um she says um uh, Teresa was a virgin, just like I was, because he says virgin. we had sex. What's the big deal? He says she says he said we had he said you and I had sex daily. Yuck. With Julian, I every day. There's not enough money. There's not. Enough you went money. to it last week, Latara. You said you could do it every day. It's not daily. Every not on the daily. Would be a lot. 
Every yeah. day would be a lot. Julian, like I said, Julian has his days, you know, like where episodes where I'll be watching, I'm like, hmm, okay, I, I could be into this. He's quick witted, I think. I think that's what Julian, yeah. But he's so disgusting. He actually yeah. is just so disgusting that, like, every day, mm, I don't think I could bring myself to do that. Just oh. once a week. Mm, once, once. <laughs> once a lifetime. Yeah. <laughs> One time. Once. It was like, I could see myself trying it out. And then never yeah. doing it again and being disgusted and with myself and being disgusted with myself afterwards. <laughs> it's a moment of madness. It's not a daily occurrence. <laughs> exactly. So um he she she says Teresa was a virgin just like I was, which seems to be news to Julian. He's like, What? Yeah. You were a virgin? Like Oh, I thought he said Teresa. Yeah, he did oh I've written he didn't know she was a virgin. Yeah. Was it Eve? Was it Teresa? Was it both? It was he knew Teresa was a virgin because he's talked oh. about it. Alleged he didn't virgin. <laughs> right she wasn't a virgin when he had sex with her was he and they didn't even have sex so and yeah. that's the only thing that helps me get through this story they dreamt about having sex yeah. um but yeah eve was a virgin when he had sex with her for the first time apparently we're all learning this together um julian included he didn't know that she was a virgin we get some flashbacks of him like getting her to drink alcohol with him this we're seeing like the parallels between what happened to bermuda and what happened to eve and we know well we don't they, the show hasn't told us right yet what happened to Eve, but we know that eventually Eve became addicted to drugs and like she had a like, you know, things. Went. Yeah, she talks about it in this conversation they have today. Yeah. yeah. Oh, good. She did. Yeah. She, yeah. She, got, she like, said, mentioned you got it. me. Yeah. Yeah. She said, you got, I was young, innocent. Um, you got me hooked on drugs and alcohol. And he was like, well, I was young too. And then she was like, well, what's your excuse this time? Which I liked. Yeah. Because he did yeah. the same thing to Teresa. Yeah. Yeah. I was young too. I don't know. Julian looks a lot older than Eve to me. Oh, yeah. He wasn't going to be young compared to her. Yeah. So um, Eve starts chasing him around the room because he says, like you said, he says, I was young, too. They're having like this argument back and forth. He says that he was only asserting his husbandly rights with Teresa. It's my conjugal right. Yeah. And we're married. So what's the big deal? And she says, you don't care about anyone but yourself. And then she punches him again. Mm -hmm. Then his phone starts ringing. And that is important because it is Brian calling him from Bermuda. trying he to it out of his hand, does she, the phone? She does. The phone, Which starts, I <laughs> the phone starts ringing and she just hits it out of his hand. But yeah, it's Brian trying to call, get in touch with him, which we will go over mm -hmm. in a moment. But uh, yeah, so uh, she slaps the phone out of his hand and she starts chasing him around. She calls him, she says, you're a scum. You're a menace to society. You're a disgusting monster. You deserve to suffer and you will. And she's chasing him with a scalpel. She finds a scalpel. Yeah. She starts chasing him around and then she's like, um, I'm gonna teach Ethan and Louise how to cut you into pieces. Like killing you outright, just beating you to death would be too good of a death for you. Oh my God. Yeah, she was saying like what she thought they should start to do. Oh. Yeah, just like, I'm gonna teach Louise and Ethan how to cut you up. She is not a good doctor. <laughs> She's a bad, bad doctor, and yeah, it's scary. Needed more evidence. Yeah, you're gonna you're gonna teach people how to use a scalpel in the most heinous way possible to commit a, a murder, like to torture Julian. Like she wants him to be tortured for a oh, long yeah. time before he dies, and like she says as much. Basically, she was excited about it. Yeah, she was. She was. She was like smiling. She's a psycho. No, she's yeah. not a psycho. She's, she's been brought to this moment. We yeah. hear about Eve's trauma later. Yeah, she's not a psycho. I take that back entirely. She just. It's just the smile on her face. It is, I guess, yeah, she is finally feeling like Julian's finally going to get his... Revenge um, is a dish best served cold. Yeah, he's finally going to get his uh, comeuppance. And and I didn't, and my husband's not going to be the one to kill him. So, you know, I'm in the clear, basically. <laughs> you know, she, like, she wants him to die. She just doesn't want TC to be the one to do it. So, which is interesting. Then she, she says he should kill himself. Did she? I, I yeah. missed that part. She's... 
what she said to him like you should kill yourself yeah she said you should kill yourself um and then julian said there's no need for anyone to find out about this i'm getting an annulment oh i well yes he tries to tell her about the annulment she starts weirdly, to bring up she starts talking about sheridan yeah well because yeah. he finally answers the phone because the phone's ringing the whole time where they're having like this argument back and forth the phone's ringing and he finally picks it up and it's brian on the phone who says like i'm calling about your sister this is about your sister and and uh, julian says my sister is dead how dare you and um brian says uh, uh actually i have some information to tell you and then the call is cut short like it just goes out and we will talk about that it's stupid but yeah um so that's when they go back to um eve talks about sheridan then she starts yelling about him about her trauma with him she starts punching him again so <laughs> punching him i love again. how many times he got punched it's so many times this week he, this man just is getting beat up all week long and she calls him a pathetic excuse for a man she threatens to expose him she says i should i just make the announcement over the loudspeaker over the intercom in the hospital that you drugged or got Teresa drunk and and uh basically raped her uh but she doesn't do that he says um I don't know how they just start talking about their own relationship and yeah. then yeah go ahead well no I have some notes yeah so she, she said you are still the same coward that you've always were I can't believe that I was ever attracted to you he says you were in love with me that's what you said I must have been out of my mind or too young to know better I can't believe you turned on me when I got pregnant can't believe Thank the way you. you turned on me when I got pregnant so he obviously he said that pregnancy earned you a medical degree disgusting um and then eve said oh yes your father financed my med school and i've written in brackets i bet it was just cheap because it was the online medical school so i'm sure it didn't cost <laughs> that much and <laughs> um, heaven forbid that the world should know that julian crane had an african-american lover which i thought was interesting sounded interesting phrasing it was a, yeah. a white person wrote that no that's doubt what about i was it. thinking i was thinking this writer and then, yeah, it's interesting because I know um, when you spoke to the actor that played Chad number one, he, he did say he was feeding back to the writers a lot about how things would be said in reality. Yeah. And, and sometimes he, they listened, sometimes not. And sometimes they didn't. And he said that sometimes he just would like change it himself because yeah. they moved so fast through the show that they weren't going to necessarily go back to make him do the scenes over again. So oh, sometimes so he, just, he just changed he knew, it. Yeah. Oh, I like his. Um, and then Julian said, why are you bringing this up? This is ancient history. I'm sorry about the baby. Um, do you want me to keep going with this? I, I've written a lot down. Yeah, go, keep going. Um, she said, do you have any idea what it was like to find out my baby was dead? Every once in a while, I still have flashes of someone stealing my baby. Yeah. And then he says, you honestly don't think he was kidnapped? She says, not really. It's just hard to accept that he died. Julian says, I was upset too. And she says, no, you weren't. You didn't even call me after to see how I was doing. You just ran like the sniveling rat that you've always been, as if a medical degree can make up for a lifetime of nightmares. Um, and what's worse than thinking he's dead is that he might still be alive. Um, and... I he might be looking for me and I would never know it. And then she cries. Yeah. And then we see Chad, of course. And then we see a little a, a, a cut to Chad. Yeah, that's perfect. Thank you, Lisa, because I don't have any of that. So I was kind you. of into I was interested in this bit because I thought, wow, we're, we're learning how cold he was to her when she was going through that horrible, horrific time. Yeah, yeah. So they continue to kind of argue back and forth. Eve says, I don't care what you say. I'm going to tell Ethan and Louise right now. I'm going to go and tell them the whole truth or what I know of the truth. He begs her. He begs her not mm. to tell. He start, He grabs her. He falls his knees and puts his arms around her knees like a little Bet kid. Heck. Yeah. And yeah. he's like, he says for old time, he says, don't tell them, do this for me for old time's sake. And she says, I'm, t that's exactly why I'm mm -hmm. telling them for old time's sake, for all the shit you did to me in the old times. And then he reaches his last resort with her, which is telling her, if oh. you tell them, I will tell TC about the, your past with me. And this 
works on her. Um, mm-hmm. Which, of course, we knew it would. Um, although, I don't know. If you think sincerely that Luis and Ethan are going to kill him, he won't have a well, chance to tell TC. Yeah. Right? When would he have the chance to tell TC? Um, but I get her not taking the chance. I get it. Um, so this works. She says to him, the truth is bound to come out. And when it does, I'll be there to watch. So Julian leaves the room, leaves mm-hmm. her office, and wa- out of the frying pan into the fire. Wow. <laughs> this was good. So Julian leaves. While So while all of that is going on in Eve's office, Teresa is having a moment with Pilar where she explains fully this time how things happened in Bermuda. And I like that they fixed this because the first time she talked to her mother about what happened, there wasn't the, the caveat of Mr. Crane got me drunk and like I tried to refuse, but he wanted me to, he wouldn't talk to me without drinking basically. And, yeah. then, and then the caveat of I was so drunk, I was passed out passed out i didn't even know what was happening to me so i'm so glad that they i'm so glad that they added that in i really am and then Pilar uh, did say you're you're an innocent child in this and i was like thank you Pilar. yeah i feel like this week Pilar redeemed herself from the last week where a she a little bit yeah she yeah. did still say but i did warn you about him yeah <laughs> <laughs> told you so <laughs> <laughs> yeah she did but um she, I do think she was better this week than she was last week. Cause last they week hugged, they cried. Yeah. Yeah. They hugged, they cried. They, she was telling her, you know, you're like you said, an innocent child. He's, I didn't love that. She said, he's ruined you. Ruined. He's ruined me. I'm yeah. ruined me. as I like, that's like losing your virginity or being, you know, having sex in general out of wedlock or whatever is ruining, is it ruined her as a person entirely. I don't love that framework that well, she was you raped. Think, yeah, there's some in- imagery as well at, at the end of the week, which we'll talk about. Yeah, she was she was raped and now she says she's ruined. So I didn't love that. Mm-hmm. But I, I did love that Pilar was like being a, lo- a lot more understanding yeah. this week of Teresa than she was last week. Um, Whitney was so- the voice of reason again. Whitney was like, she's been taken advantage of. And I, yeah, and then I think. Yeah, yeah she Pilar. she actually says Pilar, asked Pilar not to be angry with Teresa because it was not her fault, which is true. I mean, it, no, it, I'm not even going to, I'm not even going to, I mean it. it. It is true. The, none of this is her fault. I do believe that she never should have went to Berm- gone to Bermuda, but that yeah, doesn't but mean that she deserved to be absolutely. raped. Like that's ridiculous. Like that I yeah, I don't like that framing of it at all. Um so Ethan and Louise come up, come upon this scene of Pilar and Teresa who are crying and clearly going through something and Louise demands to know what is going on. Pilar gets ready to tell him the truth. Like she readies herself, she's going to tell him everything. But Teresa he was like this can't away. just be about Sheridan. And I was yeah. like why not? Like that was a nomination for my burn of the week. This can't just be about Sheridan. <laughs> they loved her. Let them cry. Yeah, that was funny honestly. This can't be just to be about Sheridan. Why not? He's like, she I've died. never seen you so upset. Well, yeah. She died in a very horrific way. We're processing. Why aren't you more upset? Mm. <laughs> Honestly. Why wouldn't no. I be fine? <laughs> exactly. Why wouldn't I be? Um, okay. So he demands to know what's going on. Pilar is about to tell him, but Teresa pulls him pulls her away. And I, I'm sorry, y'all. I know this is just like a passionsism, or maybe it's just a soap operaism, but I hate when we're in the middle of an intense scene where somebody's trying to figure out what's going on. And Two people involved, one person pulls the other person five feet away yeah. and 
has a full-blown conversation and these people don't wonder why are they having a conversation a side conversation all of a sudden out of nowhere could it possibly be that they're hiding something and it's within earshot as well like it's a soap opera trope we know this but it was particularly noticeable this week because the situations were so volatile so heightened they move three feet away and have a full-blown conversation about the secret they never want the person three feet away to find out about exactly exactly doesn't make any i don't like i said i know it's like a, a a trope i know it's like a thing that they do i just wish in this scene they had not done it because like you said it is so volatile it is so much going on it just yeah like if you zoomed in on ethan and louise while they were, they were having this conversation like what would they be doing they're gonna be right. looking at them what are they talking about they're like they're, they're talking about them and like wondering what are they talking about so not having a just... time out and talking about the weather <laughs> uh, yeah. yeah you're just creating more questions than answers so mm -hmm. I, eh, they did that little thing but Teresa pulls her to the side reiterates to pilar we cannot tell them what really happened in bermuda because they will kill julian and then they will go to jail for the rest of their lives that is she's hyperventilating yeah she's she's at 10 as Teresa. that's that what we're working with here i hate it but that's where the fuck we are i'm so over this narrative that oh we can't mm -hmm. tell ethan and louise the truth because if we do they'll kill julian and go to jail forever i'm i'm over it i'm over it i'm over it i'm over it he um, thinks no jury would convict them anyway so yeah. yeah well eve like i said eve has made some good points this week <laughs> she made some very good points um so P but pilar's not going for it she's like no julian is evil he deserves to be punished for what he has and done right to know yeah he stole your innocence and he ruined you just like he's ruined every other woman he's been with again i don't love mm -hmm. this wording this phrasing mm -hmm. he's he has the power to ruin women exactly yeah it's julian he's a buffoon he they're he's not ruined oh, yeah they're not ruined if anything he is he is just a disaster himself <laughs> you know and yeah, he can't he, put that on to other people he creates trauma for other people but mm -hmm. i wouldn't say you're ruined after that that's horrible um but anyway she then <laughs> she then just yells across at julian um she, she says he's gone too far this time and she yells julian crane is evil and uh, Louise asks, what, what does everything have to do with Julian? And um, when she sees Julian, uh, or Louise sees Julian trying to sneak out of the hospital at this point, and like I said, out of the frying pan, into the fire, because Pilar has now said, Julian Crane is evil. Everybody's mm -hmm. heard it. She's yelling it. Louise thinks there's something but going on that Julian now Louise has says, done Did Julian do something to you? Yeah. To him, to either Pilar or Teresa. He sees Julian before he can get an answer from Pilar, goes over, he and Ethan like grab him, him. Yep. and pull him over into the area where everybody else is. And uh, they notice that his face is all scratched up, that he's bleeding. And then Luis just goes, what did you do to my sister? And yeah, this is after the he point- shouted, you ruined her, yeah. Yeah, this is the point when uh, Eve also walks out of her office, but she acts like nothing's going on. She just like pretends like she's going on with her business and minding her business and going on with her day. So Whitney sees her and all through these episodes, Whitney is trying desperately to get somebody, either her mother or Chad to like stop this whole thing from happening. So she goes over to her mom. She's like, mom, thank God you're here. <laughs> thank God you're here. Luis and Ethan are gonna kill Julian. You have to stop it. And she says, why should I? <laughs> yeah, Whitney's really shocked about this. I loved it she says he deserves whatever he gets and she goes back to doing her charts and um so this we're having like this very tense standoff with the guys where they're trying yeah, to he get says in. no jury will convict them and i'm like don't the cranes have all the judges in their pockets it's it's weird isn't it how the narrative keeps changing but in i don't i don't know how like 
proceedings, like court proceedings work in the UK. Here we do like yeah, a, jury. a trial by jury. Yeah, yeah, a jury of your peers. And so if if the jury is the people from the uh, from Harmony. A corrupt judge won't get you that far. They a corrupt mm-hmm. judge won't get you very far, but mm-hmm. they I'm but I don't think the cranes are above witness tampering either. You see what I'm saying? Exactly. And all it takes is one person to have a hung jury. So you know and we got and part half of them work at the cannery anyway but then that'd be it yeah it'd be interesting to see how they selected that jury because there'd be a lot of conflict of interest yeah yeah i mean cranes down the town i think eve is right i think that if they mm-hmm. did a jury of their peers from this town that they they would not be convicted and i also think that they would have to move that trial to some other place they wouldn't yeah. be able to do it in harmony um so i love that we talk about this like it's like real <laughs> so much detail <laughs> Like oh, I said there's a there's a conflict of interest with the judges and like I love it. So well, let's okay. get a lawyer, I guess lawyer on to consult about this. Yeah, <laughs> really. So the the guys are standing off. They're trying to get some answers. Finally, Pilar yells across, "Damn you, Julian! You ruined her!" Oh shit! Luis gets mad as hell and he pushes Julian down. He's like, "Why is my mother telling saying she, you ruined? Who'd you ruin? What'd you do to my sister?" And so then the girls, Teresa and Whitney, separately are pleading with their respective mothers to not say anything well Winnie's trying to get her mother to stop things and Teresa is trying to get her mother to stop things but by lying basically and not saying anything um but neither of them are going for it uh Eve says Julian deserves to die and Pilar says he got you drunk and stole your innocence he has to pay for what he did then Luis starts to air out all his past grievances with Julian like he's just like this is for Sheridan yeah (laughs) And so it is at this point, they're like roughing him up, both Ethan and Julian. Oh, no, I'm sorry, Ethan, Ethan and throws Louis. him on the ground. He's like, you used to be my father, but I'm not your son anymore. Throws him on the ground. Yeah, that was like probably one of my favorite parts because uh, Julian, Julian pleads with Ethan, like, Ethan, please, you were once my son. Yeah, and, and like, then he said, I'm not your son anymore. Yeah, yeah, he's like, I'm not your son anymore. And he, yeah, he yeets him across the room. And it was so funny. The way he rolled on the floor, I just- I had to oh. crawl away. And it's so funny. Poor Ben Masters. He was having to do a lot of physical work this week. He really was. It but was it was great. it was it was really worth it. So um yeah, the Louis starts to sh- air out his grievances um with Julian. Whitney is still trying, trying to convince her mom to intervene. And that's when uh because Whitney's like, Do you want J- Louise and Ethan to go to jail for the rest of their lives? They're gonna kill Julian. And she says, No jury would ever convict them. Mm-hmm. Everybody in this town hates Julian. And I love because they Whitney said the exact same thing like last week or two weeks ago that everybody hates you, Julian. She told him to his face, like everybody in town hates you. I don't think they would have a problem tearing you to pieces, right? Eve is saying the exact same thing, but now Whitney mm-hmm. has a problem with it, mm-hmm. of course. Um, and but also um, the the whole thing about everybody in town hating Julian that comes up again soon and i just love it it's I just, hilarious i just love the way we're really doubling down on showing the townsfolk because because we've heard this narrative before but we've not seen other people we've only seen like our core group of people and so we haven't seen stories. the things yeah, yeah. That, that chickens has... come home to roost this week definitely yeah so um since things aren't working out with her mom trying to get her mom to stop things she appeals to chad to try to get him to stop and he says if julian did something to mm-hmm. Teresa, then he deserves the beatdown that he's about to get and he's like i'm I'm not in this, you know, my name is Bennett. I ain't in it. That's what he basically says. And um, so everybody's just having, it's just chaotic, honestly. But I really enjoyed it. But it was a lot of Teresa trying to get Pilar to do something, Whitney trying to get Eve or Chad to do something. And then just interspersed with scenes of Luis and Ethan beating up Julian. (laughs) 
It was great. It was great. It was brilliant. <laughs> it was great. Finally, um, Chad kind of tries to step in and say, look, it's not worth going to jail for our fellas. Exactly. Uh, but, and, and it's at that point when there's like a little bit of a lull in the fighting that uh, Julian starts to yell for help. Help me, help me, arrest these people. Duh. These brutes have been using me as a punching bag. I demand that you arrest them. Um, and yes. some cops in the hospital. Two cops come up and they grab Ethan and Louise from behind. <laughs> Teresa yells out, no, Louise. And the other cop's like, Louise? And he turns him around. He's like, Louise, what? tell me what's going on here, buddy. What's 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 the big deal? Oh, and, and Louise says, Louise says, basically tells him, the this guy did something to my little sister. And he's like, oh, my goodness. Both of the both of the cops, this, these, these crooked ass mm. cops. I let, again, I am not against what's happening to Julian. I'm not against it. Mm -hmm. But this just solidifies what I've been saying for years on this podcast. About the Harmony PD, PD yeah. the Harmony PD is terrible. I would not feel safe in this town <laughs> because. Yeah, yeah, it depends who you are, doesn't it, in this town mm -hmm. to see what type of treatment you're going to get from the police, really. Yeah, yeah, because yeah, they just turn him loose and tell him, have fun. <laughs> they say, take it outside as long as we don't see it and it's not on our watch, go yeah. for it. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, Julian objects and says, don't you know who I am? Because the cops were about to just leave. And he's like, don't you know who I am? He insulted them, called them flat footed. You donuts, something. donuts will fools. <laughs> <laughs> that's going to get them on side, Julian. You're right. They're, that's going to get them to help you. He's insulting them, telling them to arrest um, Julian. I mean, arrest Ethan. Oh, my God. Well, Ethan and Louise. And uh, saying, don't you know who I am? And they turn around and like, you're goddamn right. We know who you are. We the first are, one. Bro. The first one says, you got my mother fired from the cannery because she spilled some coffee on your shoe. And he said, and then Julian says, well, I should have had her, I should have sued her for trying to scald me. And then the other one was like, and you forced my brother to sell his home for pennies on the dollar for, so that the crane industries could have a bigger parking lot, parking lot. And he's like, what should the, should the executives ride a bus to work? Like, this is not helping. And they leave. He thought they, it was as well, didn't he? He thought he was like reasoning with them logically. Oh, Julian. They leave and tell, they tell Ethan and Louise, have fun, buddy. <laughs> have fun. We didn't see anything. Hear yes. no evil, see no evil, speak no evil. And they go, they go. And that's when Louise and Ethan try to start dragging Julian outside. Eve calls Julie, <laughs> Eve, because again, Whitney's back to trying to get her mom to do something yeah. about this. Um, which Whitney really I don't got know, to Eve. I, I also don't know why Whitney was going so hard on mm. this. I didn't get it. I didn't get it. I didn't get why she was like, she brought, trying to make her mom have like this weird moral dilemma about this horrible man. This man is horrible. You have said so yourself, but here's what she says. She goes up to her mom and she's like, I don't understand why you're not doing th anything about this. Eve says, Julian, Julian's killing, them murdering him basically would be a mercy killing. It would put us all out of our miseries. <laughs> oh, it was a, it was great. It was a great line. Eve delivered this week. That actress, yes. she yeah. delivered so many amazing lines this week. The face, face card never declines. It was just. I believed her. Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah. So. She saw that. She says that Julian's murder would be a mercy, kill, mercy killing, putting all of us out of our misery. And then Whitney says. I don't understand. You always taught me and Simone that life is precious, precious, and everyone is here for a reason. And if you don't live by those values, how do you expect us to live mm -hmm. by those values? Ugh, uh, boo, boring, boo. I get where she's I coming think, from. I think yeah. she was so shocked to see her mom, this amazing doctor, doctor of the year, who usually helps everyone, 
not helping. And I think it was just, it was such a shock for Whitney to, she couldn't get her head around it. Of course we can, because we know his history with Julian, but I think it was maybe w- different from what Whitney had ever seen her mum. She'd probably seen her treat everyone that comes through her door. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good perspective. You're you're absolutely right. Mm. I just hated it. I just wanted Whitney to stop. Stop it, Whitney. Let your mom- Yeah, I think she was more wondering what's happened to you, mum, rather than I really want yeah. you to defend Julian. Like, this is not the mother I know. This is not the kind hearted- Except, I don't know. Yeah. Yes. Why wouldn't you go? Why wouldn't you start to think, what is it about Julian Crane that's making my mom has never acted like this about mm. anybody else? Yeah. But what is it about yeah. Julian Crane that is making her so callous? Because we saw that hints of this last week as well, didn't we? We were like, Whitney hasn't picked up on the fact that Julian, um, Eve has an interesting perspective on Julian that seems to go deep. Yeah. Well, this gets through to Eve. She mm-hmm. decides, you know what? Let me step in. And she stops Louise and Ethan from taking Julian out. And she tells them, you how could you uh, beat him up and kill him or whatever you're going to do to him without knowing all of the facts? You don't know everything that happened. You don't know anything that happened, really, to be honest. They don't know anything. And she we'll said, beat the facts I'm... out of him. Wait, what? They said, we'll beat the facts out of him. Yeah, they'll beat the facts out of him. They could have. I mean, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. You knew, we know Julian did something that was worth getting his ass beat for. <laughs> like, I don't Every time of the week, because the cops have just filled it, filled it in, yeah. I don't need all the gory details. So, um, but she says... Let me tell you what happened. And maybe once I tell you, you then once I tell you, you can decide what you want to do with Julian. Then yeah. she makes up kind of a lie. It's not really a lie. It was quite I mean, it's a lie in, in the moment. Con- yeah, it's a yeah. lie in this context. I honestly, I didn't know what she was going to say. Because I was like, well, how? what could she possibly say in this moment that's going to make sense for mm. why Pilar was crying, why Teresa was so upset? Like, what could she possibly say? But what Quit she thinking. said was, yeah. what she said was that, um, Pilar was upset because Julian had been upsetting Ivy and Ivy's Mm -hmm. on her deathbed. And she was angry because Julian has just divorced her and is now at the hospital also basically tormenting her. Yeah. And um, now this, of course, makes Luis back off, but it only revs. I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) But it only revs Ethan up. (laughs) Right. He was like. Well, and then a nurse comes in to kind of corroborate. This perfect timing, time. nurse. Yeah, yeah. At perfect timing. She comes in, she says, makes a beeline for Julian, says, I don't know what you did in Ivy Crane's room, but you did something to her IV drip and she hasn't been getting all of her all of her medicine. She almost died. She could have died. And the nurse that was in there before heard you call her the whore of harmony and that you were messing with her equipment. Because um, Julian, and Julian doesn't think that he fucked anything up. But I remember last week he was like fucking with all he the machines. No, he and stuff. did. He was just... It was funny he said, I didn't touch Ivy's IV, which I thought was quite a good line. Yeah. So we and, know he was lying. He knows he's lying. Yeah. And, the nurse uh, knows he's lying. Everybody knows he's lying. And that's when Ethan grabs him, lifts him up mm-hmm. off of the ground. And he's um, he becomes enraged and says, "If you don't you ever go near my mother again. You have tormented her and made her life miserable for 20 years. Um, and that wasn't enough. You tried to kill her too. Uh, Luis then says, if you ever cross my family again, I'll kill you myself. And then the guys all leave. The The boys go to get a drink because uh, Chad's like, hey, let's let's get out of here. That's how he, Chad mm. calms Ethan down because Ethan's like ready to fight. But Chad is like, was quite good down. at disputing that situation. Yeah, he, he did a good job. He's like, put him down. Let's go get a drink. He's not worth it. And they all head out to a bar, I guess, to get some, to get drunk. 
as if we have you know what never mind that's they don't know about Teresa. I was about to say as if as if alcohol hasn't caused enough problems. Oh, I, you see, I didn't think of them. I didn't imagine them going to the bar to get a drink. I imagine them just going like the water fountain in the hospital to cool down, isn't that? Yeah. Oh, funny, I mean, that I might have been it. I don't know I where they were going. Yeah. When he said, "Let's go get a drink and want and, and calm down and chill down," you know, I thought that we might find out next week. Let's go mm -hmm. get a drink. Yeah, I don't know. Because then the next time we see Ethan, he's at Pilar's house, so we never see them go uh, anywhere. We do see them again. You know? Yeah. So I don't know. Could could have been either one works. Um, so Julian then thanks Eve for saving him, saying, I, I knew you still had feelings for me. And she says, I do yeah. have feelings for you. Pure hate, Julian. And I only stopped them from beating you for Teresa's sake. I don't want her brother or her fiance to get in trouble. Um, you better get that marriage to Teresa annulled or you're dead, Julian. You're dead. And she was like smiling when she said that. Loved it. She loved um, it. And later on, moving ahead, to the to Pilar's house. Everybody's at Pilar's house. Mm -hmm. Teresa and Pilar are there talking about what happened. Pilar's very shaken up. She's cooking dinner. Yeah. And she's very shaken up. She's just having a hard time. She's processing, honestly. I and I get it. Um but Teresa is continuing to tell her you can never tell Ethan. Ethan can never find out. And of course, Ethan walks in the room right as she's saying Ethan can't find out. And he's like this was silly. What, what yeah. can't I find out about? And what was it? It was something about dinner what mama's cooking for dinner it's a surprise and Ethan quite rightly says it's a surprise I can smell it and obviously he could see what she was cooking so poor poor effort Teresa but I guess she thought about the moment and it was his um favorite dish that Pilar used to cook for him in the mansion yeah I wrote con pollo I know my mm -hmm. Spanish is bad but yeah mm -hmm. chicken and rice mm -hmm. <laughs> so um Pilar's on edge she's really shaky Ethan comes in he's like let's get to planning our wedding here's my question can't y'all just use the same plans from the last one Right? Like what Yeah. What is there to plan? You're choosing not, a different theme? Wouldn't you still have all the New same color like, scheme? Yeah, like same yeah. vendors, same all wouldn't you basically have all the same thing? I mean Harmony's a small town. There can't be that many bakeries that make wedding cakes or you know, that many venues. You're going you know that you're gonna get married at the church. Like what is there to plan? But he wants to sit down and plan this wedding with her. Teresa's Such trying to point. put it off. Yeah, I mean they already planned a wedding. Teresa has now planned two weddings because she planned She's his been first planning wedding, wedding to Gwen. Years. Yeah. yeah, she planned that wedding to Gwen. She has they have a multitude of plans. There's no planning to be done. There's no more planning that needs to be done here. Um, they just need a, they need a date. That's the only part of the plan. Oh, of yeah. course they need a new marriage license as well, though. Set a date and a new marriage license. Mm -hmm. I wonder why they have to get a new license. Yeah, he, didn't he say something about it expired? Or I think he said it expired because... It's weird, though, because it hasn't been that long. Yeah. And I think you have a certain amount of time from the time you get it to the time it has to be filed. And again, it's literally... They just got back from Bermuda. It's been two days, three days max from the wedding. Just keep that in mind. Well, what the writers do, the writers exploit the fact that two days for them is 10 weeks for us. And they go on harmony time, don't they? And finesse details, as I think we are both going to pick up on later. Oh. About the time lapse. There's, the time is crazy in this show. And mm -hmm. like worse than a lot of other shows. And it's not mm -hmm. always bad. It's not always bad, but it's in moments like these where it's like, Y'all just, you just got that marriage license. Like the, the wedding was three days ago. We all know this. Even if, I feel like even if I was watching this show in real time, I would be like, yeah, like they've, they went to Bermuda the day after the wedding. Why would the marriage license be expired? They just got back from, yeah. what, just file the license. But whatever, they get a new license. It doesn't matter. I don't know why I'm trying to make sense of this. They're getting a new license. So they're sitting down to fill it out. Ethan's like, the first question on the form is, are both parties married, single, or divorced? Why would that be on the why would that be on the application? I wrote down, is this what they actually ask? And then Ethan was like, This is a weird question, but an easy one for us. Like I, I didn't even attempt to fact check what does it say on American 
wedding licenses, marriage licenses 20 plus years ago. I didn't think I'd be able to find out, but I didn't check it weird. either. Because it does. It sounds weird. Why would, because he said the same thing I thought, which is why would anybody be applying for a wedding license if they already are married? Well, right? bigamist and- might, but I would have thought it would say something like, are you legally single or something? Not are you married, divorced? Or, yeah. We- yeah. It would be weird phrasing if that's how it was written. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. So he, they're sitting down doing this thing. Teresa's trying to like, she's trying to stall for time because she's waiting for her moment. She doesn't like me. She still thinks I sent the letter to the tabloids. Yep. And Ethan says, don't worry about my mom. I'm not going to let anybody ruin our special day. Yeah. But he said, I can't wait to marry my beautiful, innocent bride. Why would you say that? Why would you say that? (laughs) It's such a weird thing to say. If somebody said to me like, oh, you're so innocent. Excuse me? Is that a compliment? Especially if they were like, especially if they were like, you're so innocent and you're so sexy. Like, yeah, it's but he, did, he obviously didn't mean it. To, he didn't mean it uh, to say virginal, did he? Because he knows. And then I wouldn't describe Teresa as as innocent in a, in any way because she, he knows she's a schemer. I, I don't know. I think at this point, Ethan does mm-hmm. not know that Teresa. He doesn't is know the innocent. length she's gone to. Actually, yeah. I think at this point, he doesn't know how much of a schemer she is. How many lies she's told him? Yeah. Yeah, but uh, I mean, even soon, actually, start things. Start it's coming to come up. out. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so she, he then, oh my God, they're stalling for time. She's stalling for time, talking about Ivy. Then Luis comes in and Luis comes in after Pilar has dropped something. Cause yeah. It was says, that innocent line that made her drop the part because obviously Pilar heard innocent as virginal. Yeah. Which yeah. made her drop the part in horror. Yeah. She drops her pot. Luis comes in. He's like, what's going on? Why'd you pop, drop the pot mama? And, um, what does she say? I think she just said that she was like tired or. I can't remember. They they cover it. It's not. Mama important. just dropped a part. Um, no one. Yeah, I think. Oh, I think after they dropped the part, um, Teresa and Pilar again just go off to the side again and have a side conversation. And this was what really annoyed me because Teresa told Pilar Julian didn't force champagne down my throat. She was basically trying to say it's not all Julian's fault. He didn't force champagne down my throat. And I've written he basically did. Yeah, he all, did pretty much. Why are we trying to absolve it, yeah. Julian? Why are we trying mm-hmm. to absolve Julian? I don't get it. He is the villain. Let him be the villain. Just let him be the villain. Um, I think they want us to like him a, a little bit, don't they? I guess. I don't know. Yeah, it's a fine yeah, line. Uh, yeah. And uh, this one, I can't get on board with. I Honestly, I felt bad for him when he was, like, killing Sheridan. I, You know what I mean? Like, You could I, tell I, he was conflicted there. Right. So You don't see that now, though. I'm not seeing much guilt from, from Julian in the aftermath. Is he repressing it? Why do I want to believe this goodness he, he in Julian? Is- he has no guilt. He has no remorse about this whole it. situation. The only reason he has any any bit of remorse about it is because he's going to get in trouble, right? Or possibly yeah. be killed or maimed, you know. Uh, but other than that, he does not care. So care. I don't know why they're doing this where they're having Teresa, like, kind of defend him. I is she just that. trying to calm Pilar down, maybe? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, I guess. So um, Luis then s- suggests to Ethan that they get married tonight, that they just elope to New Hampshire and, and get, get married, married by justice there. Yeah. By the justice of the peace. Um, Teresa says, no. It's and not romantic enough. It's not romantic enough. Agreed. And Ethan then agrees with her, mm-hmm. but, and he's like, yes, you deserve like this beautiful, amazing wedding. You deserve all these things. But literally six hours ago, eight hours ago, you were trying to force me to get married in Bermuda with Julian and Rebecca. What are you talking about? Mm-hmm. I deserve this great wedding. Well, you wouldn't listen said, to me. Can you I... imagine seeing a picture of us on the mantelpiece with our clothes all creased from being in the car for hours, which we then, of course, get the flash of Julian and Teresa's wedding pics. Yeah. 
can, but yeah, but also, if you got married by the justice of the peace in Bermuda in your hurricane clothes, that would have been the picture yeah, on your not mantle. that much differentiation. Yeah, that would have been the picture on the mantle. So, but he he lets still it, not looking good. Yeah, he lets it go, saying yes, you're right. It's not romantic enough. You deserve this wonderful wedding. Even though, again, I just have to say it again. While they were in Bermuda, mm. she gave him yep. multiple reasons why she did not want to get married to him, and he kept pressing the issue. He, she gave him multiple reasons. My mom's not here. It doesn't feel right. Yep. Sheridan's dead. Like he just died. <laughs> like, and then he said, "Yeah, I wouldn't dream of messing up your first and only wedding." But yeah, this is again another change of heart. You didn't care about. Yeah. You didn't care about the quality of this wedding one iota when we were in Bermuda yeah. at all. And now all of a sudden mm. you care about the quality. Fine, I'll go with. I'll take it. So um, that's like where we ended with them this week. You have anything to add for them? So, well, yeah. So so they're, they're talking about this wedding. Um, something is burning. Pilar looks at the dinner. It's ruined. She says, "I'm terribly sorry. It's ruined." So Pilar really. Um, she self-flagellates a lot, Pilar. She's very down on herself. Louise says, I've never experienced mum burning dinner ever. Um, and then he made the joke about Teresa Burns' food, though. He says, you say my um, wife's not a good cook? He says, no, she's just easily distracted. Yeah, which I believe. And then Pilar starts to do the laundry. Oh, yeah, you know what? This I is what I wanted to talk about. Yeah. yeah, I missed this whole thing. I guess I didn't write that. I guess I didn't take a note on that. Yes, go. I've got notes. Shall I take us to the end of this yes, segment? Please. So, yeah, so so Louise is like, oh, well, this seems to be a sign. This is from another plot, but I did just feel sorry for Louise because he's like, I'm, I've been invited to the Lobster Shack. Do you want to come? And everyone was like, no, nah, I've got things to do. No, no, I'm not coming. And I've written, Louise's fiance has just died. Why will no, none of his family go to the Lobster Shack with him? I didn't right. like it. I felt the same way. I was like, why are they not going to get Please. lobster with their. We know why. The writers didn't want the family there, but. Yeah. From this perspective, I felt really sorry for him. So Pilar says, no, I've got stuff to do, which is laundry. Um, yeah, and Ethan says, Teresa, what's wrong with Pilar? Teresa says she's, she's just embarrassed about burning dinner. Teresa lies as easily as she breathes. They just roll off her tongue. Pilar she... goes to Teresa's room. No, I, mean, I agree, yes. Yeah. yeah, even though she's your fave lovable lunatic. I love her. I love her. Yeah. Listen, I love a crazy bitch in a show. Yeah, you love a Sammy I... B. Yeah. I love Sammy. I was going to bring up Sammy. <gasps> I'm a big fan of When Sammy we watch Brady. Sunset Beach, you're going to have a favorite character when we watch Sunset Beach okay. as well. I can't but wait. I won't, go, I, I won't go down that road. Yeah, we got a good, good girl in that one. I love a crazy girl who's just like, knows her own mind, you know? Like she's strong-willed. So, yeah. And is going to get what she I'm wants. Going, I'm going off on a crazy tangent, but it's very short. When Sunset Beach got axed, in the UK, they tried to replace it in the same slot on the same channel with Days. They did a promo. So the Alison Sweeney, she was like, if you thought this character was a bitch, get a load of me. So they tried to sell her as the replacement for our beloved femme villain from Sunset Beach. Oh. Anyway, I digress. I digress. So Pilar sees the wedding dress in um, Teresa's room, looks upset. She says, damn you, Julian Crane, what you took away from my daughter. Obviously talking about her virginity, as Pilar thinks. Pilar imagines Teresa with him. And then weirdly, something red gets thrown all over Teresa's wedding dress. I don't know what the red substance is. Did you catch that? I did not. I don't know. She knocks some stuff off of Teresa's desk and whatever was on her desk splashes onto the wedding dress. Where did this wedding dress come from, though? Can anybody yeah, tell me where this wedding back. dress come from? Because if everybody remembers, Teresa left the wedding, right, ran off in her wedding dress. She goes to Whitney's house yes, where she takes that dress, dress off, gives it to Whitney. And Whitney was the last one with the dress. So did she? And when would Whitney she have gave it to TC? It? He doesn't do much. She gave it. it was like, <laughs> take this back to the Lopez Fitzgerald. Yeah. Can you take this back to Pilar's house? Because when would Whitney have had the time to take the dress back? Because then they all just went to Bermuda immediately. 
they went sh- directly to Bermuda. That's a good point. Somehow the wedding dress has got back there. Some kind of red substance has been thrown all over it. Pilar's crying. Teresa comes in and hugs her mum. And yeah, it, I say it looks like there's blood all over the wedding dress. I'm guessing this is supposed to represent her broken hymen. Uh, like I think they were trying to do something here. I, am I reasoning into this too much? No, I thought they were trying to do something too, but I was like, what could this... Be? Yeah. Like, what? Because, okay, there's this opera called uh, Lucia di Lamamore, and in it, she wears a wedding dress, she has a mad scene, she kills her She kills her husband, basically. And and then she does this mad scene, and she's, like, covered in blood, all over her... We- a beautiful white wedding dress after this, like, beautiful wedding. And um, I, it was very reminiscent of that, but I was like, what are we trying to say here? Like, in Lucia, that girl went crazy and she killed somebody. What are we trying to say about this wedding dress that's covered in what looks like blood... But why? I, I maybe yeah. it's just maybe it's just supposed to be jarring. Maybe I thought it was like the be... post. I thought it was yeah. supposed to represent you know the post um, first intercourse bleeding that females. I I don't know. Maybe I was reading into it too much. That's, it was very that, strange. That would that if that's what it is, that's so weird and gross. <laughs> that was my interpretation of it. Maybe I'm just weird and gross, but it did look like no. blood. Pilar was sobbing about her daughter's virginity being taken. I thought that was yeah. the on the wedding. I thought that was the visual representation yeah. of it listeners comment what do it you think probably it is you're probably yeah. right yeah comment probably. tell us what you think it means because it didn't to me it didn't because to me a lot of blood like that indicates death like it's for it's a foreshadowing okay. of death usually oh, when so you just see do general like doom and yeah. yeah so i guess i guess uh, yeah they it was dramatic they were trying to be dramatic but yeah maybe it was after her it was definitely was dramatic broken. that was what that was my interpretation <laughs> Oh, so funny. Okay, so that's where we ended with them this week. Yeah, that's where we end it. Okay, good. Oh, I'm sorry. You keep missing that. off the ending of the thirty couples. Last week you missed um, the Tira- Pilar slapping Julian. This week I... the weird hymen blood. I, yeah. <laughs> the weird hymen blood. Yeah, I... <laughs> that's so funny. I can't. Yeah, I don't know why I missed. It's that. the end of I the didn't... week by this point. It's long. Yeah, I remember it's... watching it. I just didn't take mm-hmm. a note on it. Okay. And it was important. I don't know why I didn't. All right. So let's talk about Shuis. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are separated lovers. Well, let's pick up with Sheridan <laughs> first, and then we'll come back to Harmony. Okay. So Sheridan is uh, uh, at Liz's hotel. They've got her in room yes. six. It's, room six is so weird. I don't understand. Well, we'll talk about it in a second. But yes, she's in this room. She can't talk, remember, because her... Nope. Bumped her larynx. So, yeah, she's thinks. bruised. Her larynx is bruised. Whatever. So Brian, we pick up where Brian is supposed to be like calling the cranes to mm-hmm. get a picture of Sheridan faxed over. And again, I don't believe for one second they can't find a picture of Sheridan Crane somewhere yeah. without having to call without having to call the cranes. Okay. Like I'm gonna, I need to call Bill Gates to get pictures of him. No, <laughs> you know I don't know his kids, but I bet I could find pictures of them on the internet. You know what I mean? They're not even famous, and Sheridan is famous. Yeah. So, we made a meal of this last week, and we'll, we will make another meal of this again this week by the lack of pictures of Sheridan in the news. Why would you have a headline that says Sheridan Crane yes. laid to yep. rest, and there's no picture of her? What? what? There's and no picture of her in the made newspaper. A meal of it, actually, they did. Very annoying. <laughs> did. Yeah, it just, we'll get it just, to that. It just doesn't make any sense. So anyway, Brian is supposed to be calling the cranes, but he decides he doesn't want to call the cranes. He says they're not going to believe me. Who will believe me? And Liz is like, you just don't want to call because you want to keep that girl all to yourself because the girl of your dreams floated up inside of your fishing net, and you just don't want it to turn out that she belongs to somebody else and she can't be with you. Um, he she says you're clearly smitten with her, but yeah. she belongs with Doc her said, family. Doc says you're not making any sense. Quite rightly, he didn't make any sense. Um, why yeah. Brian thought Julian wouldn't take his call or believe him. Yeah. Um. She, so Brian then says, "Okay, fine. Okay, okay, okay. I'll call." So um, they he calls he he calls to get Julian's number and he gets the attorney. Uh, what's his name? Oh, Harold. Funny. Harper. Har- 
Harper. Harper, yes. Mr. Yeah. Harper. Um, and Brian asks to speak directly to Julian Crane. Again, it, I don't, I'm not going to call Microsoft and be like, can I speak to Bill Gates? <laughs> like, <laughs> so funny though. And like, Brian demand. did well here. Oh, I won't say Brian did well. I'll say Harper did bad. Poorly. Yeah. Poorly. So said, bad. Did he go to the same online law school as Ethan did? But we found out later they did. <laughs> he no, went to Harvard he, Law. He, he graduated top of his class at Harvard yes. Law, apparently, allegedly. <laughs> but um, yeah, uh, Brian says, I need to tell, I have information for Julian Crane. I need to tell him um, directly. And Mr. Harper says, I can't just give out my client's phone number to any random person who calls me and then proceeds to give out his client's phone number to any random person who has called him because yeah, Brian, exactly. not a good liar. Brian makes the most thin, like the thinnest possible threat. And yeah. this, this lawyer who allegedly graduated top of his class at Harvard caves immediately. He simply immediately. could not take the pressure. What I, uh, what Brian says is he, threatens to go to the tabloids with this information that he has. He doesn't even tell the man what the information is. He said, he threatens to go to the TV and say, I'm going to tell them that Julian Crane doesn't care about his sister. Again, as a lawyer, I mean, I'm not a lawyer. You may be shocked to know, but you'd be like, well, that's libel or slander. I don't, I, I don't know what it's called in America, but if he was a good lawyer, I think he could have, um, yeah, railroaded I, Brian, but he's not a yeah. good lawyer. Like any lawyer we've met so far in this TV show. No, he's not a good lawyer. He caves immediately. He gives Julian's personal cell phone yep. number to this man. And uh, then Brian takes this moment. He doesn't call Julian immediately. He goes and like checks on Sheridan and he like imagines, has an imagined uh, yeah. a, a scenario in his mind of their life together about him coming home to her and her being so in love with him. And mm -hmm. I hated it. <laughs> Yeah, it. and I was like, this was this was pedantic, but I'm like, oh, he knows exactly what she sounds like in his fantasy. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, he knows exactly yeah. what Sheridan's like somehow. Um, so later he does attempt to call Julian, and this is when Julian is fighting with Eve, or Eve is beating up Julian. They're not fighting. Yeah. Um, and the the phone gets thrown out, of, knocked out of his hand. Um, but Julian does answer the phone, and uh, mm -hmm. Brian says to him, "I'm calling about your sister." And Julian says, my sister is dead. How dare you? And Brian says, well, that's exactly what I'm trying to say. That's what I'm talking about. And then Liz comes in and mm -hmm. hangs up the phone, even though she was the one in the first place who was like, you need to call, pushing him to call. She hangs up the phone and she says, you guys need to see this. And it's a newspaper with the headline and no picture that says no picture. Sheridan Crane laid to rest. So they think, well, that woman can't possibly be Sheridan Crane. Mm -hmm. Why not? You Case closed. Yeah. But they, they cite that in the article, it says that they ident identified her through um, fingerprints dental and records. Yeah. dental records. And everybody's going along with this mm -hmm. narrative because who can argue with that, right? Exactly. Well, Black can because she has to pray for a miracle, but otherwise no one else is arguing with that. Yeah, and so um, now they're like, well, who the hell is this woman in the other room? So they go in to talk to her, and Sheridan is still asleep, but she, they, she comes to, she wakes up, she's terrified, she's confused, of course, she's dazed and confused, and they calm her down, say, like, we found, Brian found you, can you tell us who you are? But she can't speak, we're doing the Little Mermaid. <laughs> we're, yeah. we're doing the Little Mermaid, she's been rescued by Prince Eric, and she can't, she can't use her own voice. This annoyed me. She was like, oh, you could at least say thanks. And then Brian's like, oh, she's a pushy old broad, our Liz, but she's not that bad. <laughs> what what bothered me about this is they were like, well, she can't speak. Bring her a pen and a paper. Yes, I wrote that down. Oh, it looks like we can't find out your name until until we get your voice back. I was like, why not write it? 
Like she she might not be illiterate. She might be. We don't know anything about her. But bring her pen and a piece of paper yeah. and let Let's her try. write it down. Mm-hmm. They did not do that. They bought her. They brought her some soup. Which fair enough. She was probably hungry. She's been out. She Liz makes a mean chowder, according to Brian. So. Apparently, she makes great soup, and it's gonna heal up her vocal cords somehow. I as a voice specialist, I can tell you that this oh. was complete bullshit. <laughs> oh, that's not a thing. No, no, it's not a thing. But anyway, uh, it works eventually. She she drinks, she has the soup and um, she is able to speak some and they ask her her name and she starts to speak and then she realizes, I don't know. I don't know what my name is. My whole mind is blank. I don't remember anything f- since before I woke up. So now she's got, she's caught Grace's amnesia. She's catching in this town. Can I rewind two seconds just before she starts speaking? Because this really yeah. bugged me. Um, he was like, Brian was like saying to her while she was still silent, oh, it was lucky there was some clean, dry clothes on the boat. And she was like, hmm, you've changed me? And she like shrunk into herself. And he was like, don't worry, little lady. I got you changed under a blanket and I didn't see anything. I thought my concern wouldn't mean that someone had seen something. He could still have molested her under the blanket. I, I thought it was weird. He's like, it's not my style. I didn't see anything. I'm like, yeah. you could have felt her up. Yeah, anything could have happened to Sheridan in her yeah, and she wouldn't remember it anyway yes. at this point, you know. But not that 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 I said the way I said that sounds very flippant. That's, that's, not, what I meant. that's not what I meant. What I meant is that no. she anything could have happened to her, yeah. and she would not know it. She's a she's a blank slate. Yeah, she, she's a. They try and reassure us. Don't worry, someone must be looking for you. I like this because Liz said there must be a missing persons report, so she's a better detective than um than Sam. <laughs> yep, yep. So she's like, yeah, let's. I'm gonna go check in with the police figure out who's missing, who hasn't been accounted for. We're going to find your people. Don't you worry. Um, she comes back. Turns out nobody's looking for her. All the Everyone's people, been accounted for. Everybody's been accounted for. And so there's no no one looking for her. This really upset Sheridan. Oh, this made me sad. She was like, what do you mean there's no one looking for me? Who am I? Why don't I have any family? Why don't I have anyone looking I'm for alone, me? Alone. Yeah. But listen, maybe everyone who would have been looking um, for you reported you missing. Maybe anyone that would have reported you missing drowned. And I thought, oh, that's not going to work. Yeah, how does that help? Thank, thanks, I guess, Liz. <laughs> that doesn't make me feel any better at all, but thank you for trying. Thanks for playing. But Doc has a theory about this. <laughs> Go ahead, tell him how what the theory was. <laughs> so when they find out there's no one um, looking for Sheridan, um, Doc says, I know who you are. Sheridan's very excited. Uh, Liz and Brian try to stop him. It's not the right time, Doc. Um, Doc says, it's always time for the truth. Um, he thinks that she is an alien dropped from space by the Carlanian race because every hundred years they drop the most beautiful woman of the um, race on earth he says she can take it because Carlanian women are strong but she is horrified by this oh he, start, he starts trying to talk to her in an alien language as well which is quite funny yeah and he says he wants to take some skin samples from her and like yeah, he's like can her. i at least take a sample of her skin she looks yeah. terrified yeah Liz distracts was... him with crop circles it was uh very weird I, I would say it was unnecessary, but I also, it makes sense because they then later on explain that the reason that that doctor, that particular doctor is on this island of misfits is because he lost mm. his license in the States because of his theories about aliens. Point. So it makes sense. I agree with you though, unnecessary. Up. It makes sense, but like a lot of the silliness that they do in Passions, I love and enjoy. This was just silly, not enjoyable. Oh yeah, I don't care for it. I didn't need it at all, but... Yeah, but that's what they do. They do a lot of like a lot of this nonsense. Um, but yeah, he thinks she's an alien. He's dead. They've got time to fill five hours a week. Yeah, yep, that's true. So much time to fill. Mm -hmm. Why not? Why not throw in some aliens too? Hell, we got demons. Why not throw in some aliens too? Who? 
let's just bring all of all of the supernatural shit in and see what it would have been cool in the last episode if they got like the call call spaceship to like beam sheridan up in the last episode that would have been a good touch and doc was right all along and i would like that she and she actually like sheridan her whole life has just always been an alien that would actually be yeah like yeah, she, they wouldn't have known that she was the most attractive female if they like dropped her on Earth as a baby, maybe. But it would make sense. Well, maybe, maybe they, but what baby. if, exactly, what if it's like the most beautiful alien female baby? Like they do it early yeah. and it takes them so long to get that here. So by the time they get here, they're grown. Oh, well, no, that doesn't make sense, Tara. That doesn't make sense. She was a baby. They did no, go no, wild no. by the end though. By the end of Passions, that would have not have been like out of out of the ordinary, would it? If they like made something off the wall like that. Yeah, country. But, they, but they take the, they bring the baby to um, Earth. And then they, yeah, leave them because she's the most beautiful Earth baby. And that would explain why she's not like any of the other cranes. Not like the rest of the cranes. Yeah. She's not really one of them. She's an alien. Okay. So um, the doctor, Liz gets him out of there because the doctor's scaring Mm -hmm. her. And then Brian starts to like promise Sheridan that she can stay at the hotel for as long as she wants. This was funny. And that, you know, you, you fit in well here with us. Even though he doesn't have the money to stay, pay for his own stay, and Liz overhears so all of this, yeah, I'm, I like I said, I don't like him. I don't like him, and I'm no. remembering, I'm remembering why I never liked this character, and part of it is his treatment of Liz and how Absolutely. he uses her so much, yeah. and, and the he, attitude he gave her. She's she's supporting him. I was raging. I was like, mm. I can see why Latari doesn't like him. I'm with you 100 percent after this week. Yeah, I don't like him, and I'm glad that I'm being vindicated in my hate right now because, mm-hmm. um, yeah, she overhears him telling Sheridan that uh, she that she can stay for as long as she wants, and you know until she gets on her feet. Uh, and Liz is of course upset, and then Brian asks Sheridan, "Well, we have to come up with a name for you, basically, because Sheridan says you don't have to keep calling me Miss." And he says, "Well, what should I call you? What and and since you don't know what your name is, what just tell me what's the first name that comes to mind and what is this it?" This is brilliant. So the first name that comes into Sheridan's mind is Diana, and she said it in the way she used to say it as well, which is really funny. She said it so seriously, so, and I, I thought this is Passion's way of saying "f you" to the royal family, who stopped them using Diana. Because she wasn't talking about Princess Diana. She just said the name, Diana. And she said, oh, I wonder why that name came to me. Maybe I know someone called Diana. I've written down, you didn't think maybe I am called Diana? She just thought maybe I knew someone called Diana, which was obviously her best friend, Princess Diana. It was funny. I liked it. Yeah, we're doing, so now we're doing the Diana stuff, which I... I remember Sheridan as Diana so vividly. Like, I... Yeah, I remember this whole whole storyline of her being Diana, because mm. I just remember thinking it was just so weird. <laughs> like, it was I don't know. so distasteful. It was not long after the passing of Diana, a couple of years, Max. Yeah, because what it, year did it, Diana it pass? It was horrific. Was it, I want to say 96 or 97. It was, it was very close to, yeah. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, um, the show picked up in 99, 99? and Diana hadn't yeah. been gone at all, like very long at all at that point. Yeah, 97. Terrible. So that's, terrible what they did. Yeah. That's crazy. Like that, that's crazy. So now we're in 2001, which is what, five years past? It's just not enough time. And they're tipping the hat to it still in 2001. Like they haven't grown ashamed of what they've done using someone's death for entertainment purposes. They, they're um, still doing a cheeky, cheeky wink towards it. And I, I like you said, I think it, I do, I think it's distasteful and it pulls you out of the show a little bit. It like, it pulls me out and be like, because it's so weird. Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Okay, Diana, I guess. So anyway, she's Diana now. So from from now on, she is. I will be referring her to referring to her as Diana. The rest of my notes have her named as Diana. 
So, um, Liz yeah, then pulls... switching between. It's interesting. I've, I had to decide what I was going to do. And I think mm-hmm. I'm going to do Diana while she's Diana, right? Diana. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. So Liz then um, pulls Brian out of the room. Hey, Brian, can I speak to you for a moment? And she <laughs> says then, who's going to pay? If Diana's going to stay here, who's going to pay for her to stay here? And Brian says, well, I'm, I'm going to pay for it. And she says, okay, but who's going to pay for you? Because Love you that. have a stack of bills that you haven't paid me for. Um, and he says, "You come on, Liz. You know I'm good for it. Do I? Because I'm well, telling you. Not. You're, you're in debt to me. Yeah. You're not good for it because here's your bills and you mm. that you haven't paid. And then he was like, you he know, was that every- by her. Yeah, but he, it's says, true. he says, you know, every time I go out on a fishing trip, I come back and I give you every last dime that I that I make. But it's still not the amount that you need. Well, she like, said you, sometimes issue. you don't come back with anything, Brian. So he's not keeping his own head above water. Now he's trying to support someone else. And he gets annoyed, almost annoyed with Liz for pointing out that he can't do it. Who The woman who is subsidizing his life. I was fuming. He was so nasty to her. He was so mm-hmm. nasty. I don't like this man at all. He was so nasty like to her. Either. And yeah, like, what, uh, you know that I'm good for it. No, I don't. You have not shown to me that you are good for it. Again, I will reiterate, you owe me a lot of money. You've been here for all this time. I know you haven't paid bills. Like, That's what even, I know, Brian. You're not good even, for it. Even though you come in and you give me all your $150 or whatever you made on one fishing trip, you you only knock down a little bit of your debt every time you give me money. You were living in my hotel for free. Yeah, and eating up all the food. He, he, yeah, and, oh, all the sandwiches. Oh my God, the sandwiches. So <laughs> Liz, like, he like basically, he and Liz then start to have, they escalate this argument because Liz then says to him, why are you on this island? Who are you? Mm. Who are you? What are you running from? I know why I'm here because I bought this hotel and I can't unload Mm -hmm. it. And I know why the doc's here because he lost his license and Mm -hmm. he can't practice in the U.S. anymore. But none of us know why you are here on this island of misfits, on this godforsaken island. And then Brian gets very tight-lipped and he's like, well, what are you running from? And she doesn't want to answer that. He, He just turns the question around on her and they agree to not talk about this anymore he's like we take each other at face value on this island yeah yeah exactly but they um they decide eventually liz agrees to let sheridan stay and she says maybe she'll be helpful she can she hopes it's a good investment she hopes she comes from a rich family who'll give her a big reward for looking after her basically yeah so she says she also says maybe sheridan can earn her keep she'll do Mm -hmm. housekeeping and wash dishes and things like that so um Back in the room, Brian goes back to the room. Diana is having is in crisis, of course, because she believes nobody loves her. No, she has no one in the world. She's all alone. Brian tells her she fits in right here with us as a family. Yeah. And and then Diana's like, "You're a fan. I'm I'm a part of your family. Oh my god!" So happy. She, and it's Sheridan, right? Like that's so Sheridan. That's hitting into Sheridan's need to belong. Yes, Latara. Yeah, that's so Sheridan just wanting to be part of a family. Oh, Diana. oh gosh, Diana. So yeah, Diana is Sheridan. Like her, her quintessential Sheridan is still there. Her personality is so Sheridan. Yeah. And you know what? That does speak to how we have been told amnesia works in this world. Like when we talk about Grace and her still doing all of the same things she used to do, she just yeah. didn't remember that she used to do those things, like like putting honey in her tea and morning stretches. Yeah, and praying having, to what's who does she pray to in every storm? I can't Saint, recall. Saint, not Saint Nicholas, but it's the same saint. That it's she one of those saints, Saint Raphael, I think it was. And yes, it yeah, was. She, she does all the same things that she always used to do, allegedly. Um, I wrote down, I wonder how often 
amnesia occurs in the real world compared to the rate that it occurs in soap opera worlds because it happens so often in soap operas but it it must be so rare in in real life listen for because i count as far as the amnesiacs in this show i say that there are three i believe grace is like medically has amnesia the um diana sheridan has amnesia right charity also kind of has amnesia she she has amnesia every day she just wakes up with a new thing she forgot that's magical amnesia though yeah so it's a different category yeah it happens so it is so incredibly prevalent and i know it is so incredibly rare for people to have truly Mm -hmm. truly have amnesia i know that there's like levels to it and people have like like um very blurred memories like there's it's usually of... in real amnesia it's usually your short-term memory that you use lose not your long-term yeah the people that do get amnesia in real life it's usually they find it hard to remember what they did five minutes ago not five years ago so again it's anyway yeah. right the whole who am i kind of amnesia yeah. does not i'm not gonna say it doesn't exist yeah yeah it does but it's so incredibly rare mm-hmm. but anyway we have plenty of it here on we do more than we can deal with here so um yeah she's having a crisis of con not conscience really just like a crisis of who am i and why doesn't anybody why isn't anybody looking for me and why doesn't anybody love me and brian it really is trying picks to... her up though yeah yeah he told she can be part of the island family we're like a family oh that's oh she's so wants and to then doc says family. that people never leave the island yeah what like or what is this moana what what are you talking She's about like people never leave or uh hotel california you can check in but you can't check out <laughs> like i don't i don't know hotel so, Liz. i think it says you can check out but you can never leave is the hotel california welcome to the hotel california hotel liz what is her hotel's name i wonder do we know we'll call it hotel liz until we find out yeah shay liz shay liz yeah so um then diana wants to see the rest of the island Girl, even though it's night Take a nap. Go to bed. These people, you have inconvenienced these people greatly. Let them rest, right? She's still got the heiress vibe. She thinks it might jog her memory, though. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, of course, Brian says, we can walk for as long as you like. We can go for a nice moonlit stroll and have a moonlit picnic. Liz will make us some sandwiches. When he said that, I I thought... How the hell? Why don't you make the sandwiches? Go make sandwiches. If you want, was it the chef that was going to make the sandwiches? I think he said Liz can organize some sandwiches, and I think there must be a chef in the kitchen at Shea Liz. I think that was the plan. But Liz quite rightly tries to bring him back down to earth. She's like, Brian, it's late. You've got work. You've got to go out in the fishing boat in the morning. And when he sort of insinuates he's thinking of skipping it again, she's fuming because he is not paying his bills. And again, I hate him because he's kind of getting arsy with her again. Yeah, he's so annoyed. He says, well, I'll, I'll probably just take the day off, basically. He's, and she's mm-hmm. like, you have to pay for her and for you. Mm-hmm. You can't miss a day of work. Like, you need to go to work. And I and she keeps reiterating to him also that she is drowning. Like, her, financially, yeah. she is not yeah. doing well. And so she needs the people in her life. And he, he pretends like he cares about her. You would think that he wouldn't want to put any more burden on her in her He's life. He's not bothered about Diana He's, now. She says, who's going to pay for the sandwiches? He's like, add them to my tab. Oh, oh. Your tab so that much. you can't pay because you're not going to work tomorrow. I yeah. cannot stand him. So, um, yeah, they get together. They get the picnic together. They go out for a stroll and go out to the oh, beach. Can I pause before we get yeah. out there? Because I've got an important question I want to ask you. So, again, Sherry, Sherry, Diana says, I don't have any clothes. What am I going to wear? And Brian's like, yes. oh, I'm sure Liz has got something for you to wear. I said, Liz is the new charity. Um, no, Liz is the new K and Diana is the new charity. Paul Liz is getting bumped back and having to give everything to the new girl. I don't like it. I'm so glad you reminded me of that because this is why I said room six is so weird. I need to Sharon, ask you about this hotel's policy about yeah. le- about luggage. Sheridan's I know you've in, worked in a hotel. Yeah, Sheridan's in room <laughs> six 
And when when Brian says, well, I'm sure Liz has something you can wear. Liz goes, well, she, I'm sure that she couldn't fit any of my clothes. Yeah. But I'm sure we can find something. She walks over to the closet of this room, <laughs> of this guest room, opens the closet. And I didn't even think about that. It's full of suitcases that other people have left behind. And she says, these are suitcases from people who didn't pay their bills. She confiscated them. Is this the thing? I know you've worked in a hotel. Is this common commonplace? No. Is this a legal thing that happens? What I will say about whatever's so. going on at Liz, in Liz's establishment is it is very much not in line with uh, most corporate hotels, but she does yeah. have her own independent hotel. And I did also work at an independent hotel and they did have different procedures and rules than um than ihg and helton did um but it was it was never anything like this like it was like you can pay in cash because you can't pay in cash at like certain hotels at hilton and yeah. ihg um okay. like so th it was stuff like that it was never like we're gonna keep your shit because you didn't pay <laughs> like, how did this even work so the guest can't pay does she go in their room and just take their stuff like what, what happens don't no, it doesn't make any sense. And the fact that the suitcases are just stacked and stashed inside of a guest room closet. Like, is this a room you never use? You never sell this room? Was it an emergency room for, for the emergency Diana? Yeah. I, I don't, because I mean, it looked like a regular guest room with a bed and everything nicely made. Everything's nice. Like they have it kept up in housekeeping. It didn't look like a storage room or a place yeah. where it, it, and, and for a moment, a second, I thought, well, maybe this is Liz's room, but no. It's not Liz's it's room. room. It's just six. a guest room. It's room six. It's just a guest room. So, yeah. So, yeah, she takes people's luggage and keeps it, I guess. And what, does she try and sell their sweaty clothes? Like, I don't understand. They, they're not going to be nice. It's going to be towards the end of a vacation, I guess. They can't pay their bill. And she's like, right, I'm going to keep your clothes. Because you don't charge people. You don't charge people until they check out. That's number mm. one. At most hotels, you don't charge. They you don't charge until they check out. People, yeah. if you you can prepay at some hotels, yeah. Um, but you don't charge people until they check out. So maybe people would <laughs> come to the front <laughs> desk to check out. But the thing is, you can just leave a hotel and they charge your credit well, card. Well, that's you know it. Does I mean? she grab? Do they wrestle with the suitcases and try to leave? Shayla, oh, you know what? How does this go down? You know what? Wow. They probably do have to come to the front desk at her place because I think she has physical keys for her doors. Mm -hmm. She has physical keys that on like key rings. And that would mean that somebody would have to come to the front desk to check out because you can't just. Yeah, but if I don't key. pay my bill, if I'm not going to pay my bill, I'm not going to be worried about hotel etiquette. I'm dashing the key <laughs> and running. I might even fly out the window. <laughs> Go to the front desk. <laughs> I might even climb out the window. I, yeah, yeah. I'm not a good guest. I can't pay. Uh, you got me. You got me. You got me. You got me. I, you're right. She, I don't know. This shit is crazy. Yeah, she just takes their their luggage. Maybe she just looks at them and like, I bet you can't pay. And just takes their stuff. Give me that suitcase. I hope you've got some designer clothes on there I can sell. I don't Probably know. not if they can't pay their bill on St. Lisa's. Yeah. Well, maybe it's hard to get off the island. Maybe the island's hard to get off of, so she can catch up with them very easily if they try to. Yeah, because it. it's not going to have an airport, I guess, is it? Yeah, so I think you, they have you must to, like, need to take get a off ferry. the island by boat. Yeah. yeah. So maybe. I don't Again, know. we're getting too deep in this. Actually, this was one of my favorite parts of the episodes because I was just like astonished by the fact that she had these suitcases in this closet <laughs> yeah. in a guest room. But anyway, and I mean, they were stacked up. <laughs> and so Cher, uh, Diana goes through the thing. She finds herself a pretty white dress, mm. gets ready for her date with uh, Brian. Mm -hmm. And they go out to the lobby, get their picnic, and um, head out to the beach uh, and sit down to eat their sandwiches. And one of the sandwiches is wrapped in that newspaper that says, Sheridan Crane laid to rest. And she opens up her sandwich. She sees the newspaper and she says, Sheridan Crane. Hmm. Ugh. But the thing is, I've already seen this, so I already know that she gets nothing from this. So my you know thoughts I mean? were, you could, that was perfectly, wasn't it? The, the 
can you imagine that happening by chance with the newspaper being wrapped with the headline on? I've also written, does this kitchen not have any supplies? So they've got the chef to prepare some sandwiches for hotel guests and they, they are wrapped in newspaper. In newspaper. And today's new pa- newspaper yes. at that. They need <laughs> that for the hotel guests. Today's newspaper. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know. Um, So let's let's go to, to Harmony. Harmony. It, there's not much here, but what is here is very important. I'm angry with Hank. Oh, Hank's the worst. Mm-hmm. I, and remember, I was it last week or the week before where I was like, what the hell is going on, going on with these writers? Like, Hank is making sense. Whitney's, like, doing things that she's never done before. Well, Hank's back to being an idiot. So I think we got our regular writers back. Because yeah. all is well in the world. Hank um, meets up with Luis at the hospital. Um, the, Hank is in and out throughout the week. Wherever Luis is, he kind of catches up with him. Mm-hmm. So, and every time he sees Luis, he starts saying, he says little things like, you can't mourn Sheridan forever. It's been a day. One day. I was trying to, I'm like, is it two days or is it one day? <laughs> it's been a day since he sat in a funeral home and watched as his fiance was cremated. I, I mean, Hank, they have a little sensitivity. So, Hank tells, he literally says to, to Luis at one point, you can't mourn Sheridan forever. Yeah. She died yesterday. Can I? And it was horrific. And I was yeah. there. Can I have a moment, please? Actually, I would Well, question. I've written, you know, grief is part of life. He's grieving. It's healthy for him. So it's one day later. Fair enough, Hank. If he was still acting like this years later, you might have a point. One day later, no. Not we need to all. grieve. We absolutely do. And so Hank... Then we go to the the book cafe. And oh, he, back at the book cafe, aren't we? Yeah, this week. And y'all, Beth is back in the picture. And y'all know <laughs> Beth's shit is about to rev up. Beth is back. And mm. we will explain where Beth has been. I'm going to go ahead we and will. say where Beth has been. Yeah. Beth has been on a trip to up in New, the up the New England coast mm-hmm. um, with her ph- photography club, which this is the first time hearing of yeah. a photography club. New hobby. In, in harmony first of all but also that go on like three month long trips she's been gone forever yeah i was wondering how long she's been missing she's been gone missing how long she's been on her trip yeah yeah she has been missing she has been missing where is beth i've been asking it was commented on wasn't it in the show that we haven't seen you for a while Beth. yes they say like where have you been and she says well i went on this trip uh touring new england with my photography club okay fine sure whatever anyway beth is back hank talks to beth says um you know I, I'm I'm worried about my friend. He's mourning so much about Sheridan. Like, yes, why wouldn't he be? He thinks she was. Blo- he thinks yeah. that she suffered the most horrific death. He just dealt with it. He was there. Why would you expect him to? Not- I'm surprised he's out and about. I would yeah. be in a hole somewhere. Yeah. Fun- functioning at all at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that he's up and walking around is huge. Huge. Mm. He's he's doing he's been through. as well as could possibly be expected after what has happened. Yeah, and and right now what he needs is support. He doesn't need you telling him he's to stop crying over his dead fiance who died yesterday. Bizarre behavior it's from him. So Hank. weird. <laughs> so Louise and Hank are talking. Beth comes over, gives gives Louise her condolences. He's very sweet about it. Mm-hmm. And then uh, also at the book cafe, Miguel and Charity are there, and yeah. they have made a book. And this was lovely. It was it was sweet. It was sweet. It was sweet. Um, but it was made. It yeah. was made for the wedding gift. Yeah, and that's my and that is my primary problem yeah. here. Yeah. Because Charity and Miguel are there to give Louise this book of pictures that are all the pictures they could find of Louise and Charity together that they made as a wedding gift for um, Charity and Louise. And they say as much to him. They're like, we made this for you. Um, 
Sorry, this might help. This might help. How is it gonna? He's lost his fiance. But I know it's hard to know what to say to people in situations like this. I thought the wedding was interesting. Just to bring up the, the wedding, like, well, to say, well, this is for you. It was supposed to be a wedding yeah. gift. I don't know. Just give it to him. I feel like he would understand where it came from. Yeah, it's memories of the good times. We hope you know. Yeah, bring you comfort. Because yeah. it is, a, it is lovely. And, and Luis does enjoy. He's looking at pictures and he's enjoying. It. And I will say, as, like, as somebody who's recently gone through like losing people, the pictures are really. Oh, I yeah, do love the pictures. Yeah. yeah. So, so like, so I thought it was a really lovely gift. I just didn't love the way it was presented to Luis. Um, so he sits down at the book cafe and he's looking through this book of pictures and he looks through it. He looks through it for I think they say for over an hour when when Hank comes back. Best he's been looking at it for over an hour and then when he finishes the book he just starts over again. Yeah. And then Hank says, I wish he himself. Everything's dead and he's never back again. Dad yesterday. What is wrong with you, Hank? What is wrong with him? What is? I, it just. And it's not necessarily like the, the character's fault. It's the writer's fault. Why would they write it like this? Give us yeah. at least a week. They should have at least given us a week or two between Sheridan's death and um Hank doing this because yeah, because they've given us a week in real time. Do you know what I mean? Not right. a, week time, a week in time. That's why they wanted to obviously move it. Um. And I need I needed them to do because we're because we're still dealing with the aftermath of Sheridan's death. So give us a little bit of time here, all of us. Even I know we still through it. Yeah. Like I need, I still need time. You know, as a viewer, I still need time. Like Hank, it just it's poor, to me. It's just poor writing to write it this way. Terrible. And Beth said it was harsh. And I said I agree with Beth. You know, she said Louise needs to mourn and say goodbye to Sheridan in his heart. So Beth, what's actually the right reason in this moment? Yeah, but you know, Beth's not so bad just yet. <laughs> Beth is, I, I like Beth right now. I just know how yeah, crazy Beth, right Beth is. Um, but so, she says she wanted him to get on with his life. I've written down, right? Okay, if I died and my boyfriend was getting on with his life the next day, I would be fuming. I would haunt him. It's not what I would want. I would I'm be raging. haunting you forever. Yeah. And like, do not think, you can move, go everywhere, wherever you want to go. I'm haunting you. The house is haunted. It's your pulse. I'm haunting your spirit. I'm, I'm haunting your soul. I'm we can't go to the next realm because you hurt so much by moving on so fast. That, I, I'm not going anywhere at all. If you move on, the day after I die, you're like, oh, I move on with my life. That's, that's, that's that. So much. You just love me then. So yeah, much for the so um, then Hank goes over to Luis after talking to Beth. He tells Beth, I can tell that you're still crazy about Luis. I can tell by the way you look at him. Um, and she says, I'm, I'm just worried about my friend. Um, and I hope God gives him the strength to get past Sheridan's death. Um, she does talk about oh, how she's in the background. Yeah. Well, and she does talk about how she wishes that things did turn out differently between them when they were together. Um, and, and, and from her view, the only reason that she and Luis did not work out, it wasn't a problem with the relationship. It was because yeah. he felt like he didn't have time for it for a relationship because his father had disappeared and he had to like step into the man of the household. So for her, in her mind, there was never a problem between her and Louise. Mm, it just wasn't the right timing. And, and it wasn't the right timing. And of course, they could definitely work and make things work. So and she's about to try it. So yeah. Hank goes over and starts nagging Louise again oh. about like, you need to quote, let Sheridan go. Let her go. Let her go. I just, I just lost her. I just lost her. It's a process, Hank. Agree. Oh, Hank. And then he asked, "Define mourning for someone else and for yourself." What's he talking about? What does about? that mean? What does that even mean? Whatever. Eventually, he says, "Hey, man, why don't you? Uh, you have to take baby steps to get over to Sheridan. How about you start with just like hanging out with friends? Uh, meet me at the Lobster Shack in an hour." Um, and so Louis says, "Okay, you know, I'll meet you at the Lobster Shack, baby." <laughs> and I'm so excited. Yeah. We haven't been to the Lobster Shack in so long. I thought we were never gonna go back. I'm really sensitive though because Hank knows that she went. Louis went with dates with Sheridan's Lobster Shack. But I suppose it's a small town. He has probably been everywhere in Hamley with Sheridan. I don't know why I'm trying to find um simply Hank because he's been out of order. He's completely out of order. Also, like you said, taking taking Louis to the Lobster Shack specifically is very sensitive because yeah, that's where he's had like his first date with Sheridan. And yeah, so I want like, him to move on. He's, he's, yeah. Yeah, he's not right, obviously. No, he's a dumb dumb. So they, um, Luis goes to the Lobster Shack meet, to meet up with Hank, right? When he gets there, he's ambushed by a double date. Hank yeah. is there with a date, and then Beth shows up. Mm -hmm. And that's like where we ended. There, we don't get Luis's reaction to it or anything, but I imagine he will be um, gracious. I think. Yeah, I mean, Beth's nice. I'm so glad that you're here. But yeah, I was wondering who Hank's date was and like who would go on a date with Hank. We've never seen this woman. Who's that lady? I will say Hank is hot. So like, I'll give him a chance for a little bit. But he's so stupid. Yeah, I think he's hot. I, I think Hank was hot. I saw. Wait, what? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You do? Facially, I yeah. First Hank, I obviously see his curtains hair, but. I thought Beth Hank was more handsome. He did not do it for me. I like this one a lot better. As far as, as, far as his looks go. The acting. Yeah. I saw did this. You say he was in Chuck. This guy? Yeah. I think Laura said he was in Chuck. Yeah. I don't, I've never watched Chuck, but I think Laura did say that. Or maybe Derek said it. Somebody said it. I, um, but yeah, and he, I saw him recently on, a, on something. I was like, oh shit. How's he looking look 20 years later? Yeah. Good. He looks great. Mm -hmm. That's a good looking man. Yeah. Um, what was it? Eh, it doesn't matter. I think it was actually. Did he go that Nope. 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 Just such a dunderhead. So. Well, I'm glad he's still making a living and yeah. shows and feels. Yeah. All right. You got to add to that? I think we're done with that part. I think we're done with that one. All right. Let's finish up here. We're going to do. Trouble marriages, jump into magic, and yeah, magic, magic was a little bit of a treat this week. <laughs> yeah, we can get a lot of magic, but what we got was pretty good. It was the quality, it was. Mm. So, uh, Grace and Sam are at the book cafe. This is when we see Beth for the first time, by the way, and they ask Beth, like, hey, Beth, where you been? And she says she's on vacation mm -hmm. with a photography club touring New England. Then David shows up. Now, I have a question for you. Did your, when you watched this episode, did yeah. your sound cut out? Yeah, and I, only for a short time. Yeah. It cut out. It literally, the sound, I don't know if it was like, if it's a conspiracy or what. The sound was only ever bad in these episodes when Sam was talking to David. Like, and so this, this we had this mm. scene where there was no sound whatsoever. I had no clue what was going on. I just watched and tried to see clean what was going on. So I said, well, I was silence, calm conversation. All I can see is the lips. I was just looking at you and David was talking and there was no sound. The yeah. thin lips just captured my attention. Yeah. So um, all we got of this was that Sam, when David comes in, Sam says he has something to say to him and he needs to say it in front of Grace. And then the point, I mean, the, the sound cuts out. And then all I wrote next was Grace looks confused. So Sam has said something that made Grace look 
confused. Turns out, we that's what we said. Yeah. The good thing about passions is they reiterate everything over and over again, right? So it, lost. Yeah. it turns out when we cut back to the scene, the sound wasn't gone, but it still wasn't good. But the sound of just this portion like got really muffled. But basically, what Sam had said to David is that he believes that his, uh, David and Grace's marriage is legal. And then David put his hand on Grace's hand. I, I can like, believe it. Well, I'm glad that you have finally accepted that Grace is my wife. And I don't know what that is, but it's the best I can do. And his accent is weird. I think his accent is Australian. I don't know what he's supposed to be. I don't know he's supposed to be British. I don't know where he's supposed to be from. I don't know, but uh, yeah, it's very. Is he trying to, try to do a British accent? Maybe. Is it? Let's look up. Let me look up if this guy is uh, who this guy is. Let's see who yeah. he is. Played by Justin Carroll. Let me let's look him up. Copy. Hmm. Yeah, it says he was <gasps> born in Greece. What? I've seen an article from 2022. Justin Carroll talks about passions and his latest endeavor endeavors. Oh, he's an actor and life coach now. <laughs> doing passions was very interesting um, because I came from doing a night show called Beggars and Choosers. Doing a soap opera was very different. Played David Hastings, had to do 10 page monologues. Working, at... He had a great time on Passions. First person he met was Mackenzie. Well, that's uh, had the privilege of growing up in places such as Greece, Rome, and London. So maybe that's why his accent's so weird. Because yes. he's just been, been all everywhere. over the place. Yeah, so. Yeah. Okay. Well, we, we figured it out. We got, You figured it out. Thank well, you. Well, it was a team effort because as soon as you found out the actor's name, I Googled the name. So. David is doing his weird accent and mm -hmm. he says, I'm so glad that you finally accepted that Grace is my wife. He grabs her hand, <laughs> Sam grabs his hand and moves it physically away from Grace's hand. And then he, and then Sam grabs Grace's hand and he says, I didn't say mm -hmm. I accept anything. I don't accept your marriage and that you're married to Grace. Um, I, what I believe is that even though my marriage to Grace is not legal or recognized by the church, um, in my heart and in Grace's, we are married and um, Grace and I will always be together yeah. no matter what. He then dismisses David. You can go. That like he was like, you can we go We need to now. think about how to tell our family. David said, thanks for being honest and at least you know I'm not a con man. Hmm. And then he goes over to talk to Beth who mm -hmm. is fangirls over him. It's like, <laughs> oh my God, you're David Hastings, right? I'm a, I'm an amateur photographer. So this is the reason why we've randomly given, yeah. we've random, randomly given Beth a, a photography hobby is so that mm -hmm. she will recognize David Hastings and ask him to look at her pictures. So he, she was like, I love your work. Actually, I just got back from a trip where I was taking pictures with my photography, photography club. Would you, would you uh, mind taking a look at my work? And he's like, okay, sure. And she hands him a stack of pictures and he's going through the pictures and he's like, ooh, good composition. Ooh, <laughs> this is very interesting subject. Oh, that's an interesting angle. And then he gets to a picture. He's like, this is a really cool panoramic panoramic mm -hmm. shot. Where did, where was it taken? And she looks at it and she says, oh, that's Hartford, Connecticut. And ding, 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 ding. He doesn't recognize it. Mm. which is a big huge clue to everybody that this man is now we can all say david hastings is a con artist because this is the first time isn't it that's giving us any reason really not to believe him yeah this is the first clue that he may not be exactly who he mm. says he is because you said that y'all were far from hartford and that you got married in hartford and you got married at this church and you don't recognize the city when well, you he hasn't see been it? there for years and a lot has changed he says i i i, I i'm just not buying it but yeah, that's what he said. That's what he says. Mm -hmm. But I loved, I did love that we finally got a little bit of an inkling that he is yeah. up to no good. Up There's to intrigue. no good. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So um, now we have to talk about Sam and Grace who have called the girls, well, called Kay to yeah. call a family meeting. He, and Kay wants to know what it's about. Um, <laughs> Bless and, her. And she thinks it's going to be about them going on a, a family vacation. Ugh, she's in for a real Hawaii, she's hoping for. I like a style. 
Yeah. Um, so they go off to have their family meeting. They stop by their the site of their home being rebuilt, and they talk yeah. about getting remarried and being as their marriage and relationship is going to be as is and will continue to be as solid as the house that they're building and as solid as these beams. And then they take a marker and like two teenagers in love, they write oh, their sweet. names on the yeah. beams of the house in a heart, and it was so lovely. Yes, I I did enjoy this and thought it was sweet. Um, and I think that's just such a cute thing when people are building homes and stuff, like putting yeah, little, just hiding little pieces of themselves inside of the construction is really, I don't know. You might never see it again, but you know it's there. It, and it's cool that someone might find it, you know, like in years to come. It, it, yeah, I think it's yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. So they go to this family meeting. Our family meeting starts and the girls are very excited to hear about what 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 are we doing? And so the Sam's Grace tries to say it but she can't bring herself to say it. Sam has to say it for her and he says someone from your mother's past has shown up that knows her. And the girls are excited at first. Mm -hmm. They're like that's amazing mom, that's what you've always wanted. Somebody to kind of fill in the gaps. Tell us more about it. This is great. Be, yeah. be careful what you ask for cuz then Sam's like, "Well, this is not particularly good news. Actually the person who has shown up he, it turns out before your mother ever met me, she was married to this man and she and I are not true, really married, aren't legally married. Now, maybe it's because I am the product of a divorced family, like a divorce. Maybe it's because, I don't, maybe it's because divorce is so prevalent in the US. Maybe it's because I know so many people whose parents aren't married and never were, but the reaction to this yeah. was wild to yeah. me. Both of the girls get upset. But Kay takes it hard, way too hard. It was, yeah, I was shocked. Um, I was shocked by Kay's reaction. I'm like, would she really care? Like, my parents are still married. But, like, even if it was so important for her that, like, there's extenuating circumstances anyway. Do you know what I mean? Like, even if it, it was so sanctity of marriage and that was what she really believed in, you could give this one a, a pass because it's it's out of the ordinary anyway. And, yeah, I agree. And her her main thing was that... We're going to be a laughing stock. Don't you see? We're bastards now. We're oh. illegitimate, basically. We're bastards. She says that. Cause she, cause well, Jessica, was getting, Jessica was lovely, wasn't she? Jessica was like being really understanding about it. They were talking about having another wedding and just, you know, trying, trying they to were, make There was going to be a Christmas themed wedding. They were like, it'll be a winter wonderland. We can have a sleigh ride to the church from the backyard. And Kay was like, yes. And we can all wear big signs around our neck that say bastard. She like bastard. really went over the edge with it. Yeah. And I... To me, K is what, 15, 16? Would it be a thing? Would Was it a thing then? It's not a thing now. Yeah. Would a 16-year-old be like, oh, so upset because I'm a bad... That's not would even... they even use that word? That's yeah. not even terminology we would use. I didn't I'm like, know... wondering in 2001, but I think even in 2001, no. No, no. I didn't even know the... No. I didn't even know the the meaning of the word bastard in that mm. sense. I only knew it as like, a, basically like a curse word or something yeah, bad. Yeah. You call somebody, you're such a bastard. But I didn't think of it in the sense of like somebody whose parents weren't married. Yeah. Um, ever. I didn't even... I, I had never thought about it in that sense. So it's not a common... And I don't yeah. even think I knew that that was the... That that was even part of what being a bastard was until I was much older. I might've been, I honestly, I might've been in my twenties. Like, you know what it was? Yeah. I think I was watching the Tudors and that like that yeah, was- Well, I was gonna say hundreds of years ago, it would have been a, a thing that was viewed as bad, wasn't it? But yeah, and, and, and it was brought up in the Tudors, like, oh, he has this bastard child. And I was like, oh. So you put oh. two, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, no, it was ridiculous that she would be so upset that people are going to be like, her, she's a bastard. Nobody cares about that. This is America. Nobody cares. And it's 2001. It was funny. 
because Kay was like, people point at me when I go down the street. I was like, I've never seen that. So she's like, hey, there goes Kay Bennett. Her family is nuts. Hey, there goes Kay Bennett. Her cousin sees dead people. Hey, there goes Kay Bennett. Her house was swallowed by demons. And now they can say, hey, there goes Kay Bennett, the bastard. I'm like, really? Yeah, she's going off. Mm. Now, I, I understand partially that she's like, every time I go out, there's people like whispering about me. I believe that. I believe yeah, that. I can see it. We haven't seen it, but I can see it happening. Their yeah. house was swallowed up by hell. <laughs> I would be avoiding them myself, if I'm being honest. And yeah. yes, if I did see her, I'd be like, oh yeah, remember that time? Like, <laughs> she's the one, <laughs> she lived in that house that got swallowed by hell. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, of course. So I do believe that she probably has heard people talking about her. And, but it's more and... like notoriety. She's probably a local celebrity. Yeah, and also- The house is I... in town. I don't believe for one second that the teenagers of this town give a give a shit no. whether her parents were married. And or again, not. are all the teenagers of this town's parents married? Do you know what I mean? Is that the status quo in Harmony? If so, and, it's a rare town. And also, what a weird thing to write. If we're just talking about like how what we've what yeah. the writers have written here, yeah, that's so alienating to to your audience to make this big deal about children whose parents aren't married, uh, like because mm. a lot of people. Tons of people have children every year and since time immemorial who have not been married. You know what I mean? Well, and I it, Were you and Eric talking about like why the show pushes their religiosity so much? And was the thought kind of it's to a certain type of traditional housewife where maybe it's a, a, a big Christian demographic watching. So it would mean something to them. I'm not sure, but it, it feels very yeah, odd. It does. Because I, I, I feel like, yes, it was it's a daytime soap opera so the people that are the main audience typically are going to be your housewives mm -hmm. typically more conservative people who are stay home women who stay home yeah however so many of those women probably you know are not yeah married might not, not be married the, yeah or have the exact same yeah. yeah they might have been remarried they may yeah. have had a child before they were married you know things happen so yeah, you're alienating a lot of potential viewers here. Yeah. It's just to make it such a big deal seems weird to me, but they did it. And Kay, y'all, okay, so let's get into how big of a deal this is for Kay. Yeah. Because Kay then storms out of the house after she says, you know, y'all are going to, you're making us a laughing stock. Now I'm going to be known as the town bastard. She storms out of the house and she vows that she's, I'm done trying to be good. I'm going to do what I want and to hell with everyone else. Miguel is the man that I love and I swear he's going to be mine. Like she was going off was and a yeah. windstorm starts to like, mm -hmm. wind starts to swirl around there. There's leaves flying everywhere. It was really cool, actually. It was it was so drama and and extra, but I kind of loved it because then she drops to her knees, and uh, she's like, "Oh dang, did I not write it down?" I think she said, "Oh man, did I not I write it have down?" It. Oh, you know what? It's in my magic notes. I moved. That's when I. That's, uh, that's the thing. We're, we're crossing here. We crossed we? over to magic. Yeah. So, um, yeah, she drops down to her knees, and she says. Miguel's man of love. I swear he's going to be mine. Nothing's going to stop me now. She drops her knees. Charity be damned. And uh, she raises her arms and proclaims, as God is my witness, I will <laughs> never be good again. Yeah. Yes. Yes, girl. Yes. I loved it. As God is my witness, I will never be good again. Uh, it have you ever seen Wicked? The, the yes. musical? Yeah, yeah. You know, the no good deed goes unpunished. No act of charity. A long time ago. Oh, well, she says, uh, she basically says, um, uh, sorry. Oh, gosh. I'm trying to find the think of the line. But there's a mm -hmm. line in there kind of like that. And she doesn't say as God is my witness. But she's just like, I will never do anything good ever right. again. It was and that I, all moment. I, 
all I could think was Elekanamen, Namen, not to, not to, Elekanamen, because that's like the the spell that she's doing. But anyway, no good deed goes unpunished. And Kay is learning that, I guess. <laughs> she's well, been good. She's been good for all the three seconds. She hasn't even been good, though, which we'll pick up when we go to Tabitha's. But yeah, I have written here, she took the first excuse not to be good. The first most tenuous excuse to throw trying to be good out of the window. And she went hard. Like, she went so hard. <laughs> to say, charity be damned, as God, with God as my witness, I will never, ever be good again. She went way too far for this. with For it to be like, your parents aren't really married, but they're going to get married. Yeah. But Tabby called it. But yeah, I mean, she wasn't being very self-aware. Like, who knew who could be walking up to that house at any moment? And she is screaming her plan to get Miguel. And yeah, Charity, be damned. She could have been rumbled quite easily. She didn't care. She was, nope. she did not care. So let's finish up with Trouble Marriages and then we'll finish, go go cross over back into magic. So mm -hmm. uh, the other people we need to talk about in this are Ivy and Julianne Rebecca. Yes. Um, yeah, Eve, is, Eve, Eve is examining Ivy. Um, Ivy is temporarily paralyzed yes. we are told but it's Hopefully. temporary they've they're saying it's temporary ivy then receives some papers from julian and it's her final divorce decree but also within these papers is she's been banned from the crane mansion and from of midnight. Course, at midnight yeah by, by at midnight she will be banned permanently banned from the crane mansion she of course starts to rage she's like that is my home i'll be damned if i give up all that i've done for to, to like that's all i have left that you know and she wants to leave the hospital she's like i eve you have to let me out of here i'm fine girl you are not fine you are paralyzed you got struck by lightning you are not fine she's not fine but she's not allowed to, about to let becky wecky move into my house and um, she, she wants to go out and kick rebecca out on her big fat butt mm-hmm but Eve is like, girl, no, you cannot go. Which I don't know why, e again, I don't know why Eve is going so hard for Ivy after Ivy has been like blackmailing her. I don't get it, but she is. And she tells her, you can't leave Ivy. It's it's a, you, if you leave, your uh, being paralyzed might not be te temporary. Yes. It might become permanent. Um, but Ivy's like, I got to do what I got to do. This was insane. I would have chosen my legs over a house. I don't care how big the house is. I want my legs to work. I, also, I did not get it. Ivy has money yes buy yourself a house yes. get out of there what you want to be in that house of horrors for Can anyway you like Toxic i know environment i know you want to live in the mansion for some reason but it's a hell house and mm -hmm. rebecca's going to be there tormenting you julian's going to be there tormenting you what do you want to be there for is okay. it won't be happy girl like go build a house go mm -hmm. have a, a little a nice little house built in the town i know you feel like it'll be i guess you'll feel like it's your fall from grace but to me it's, an it's better to have your own yeah. home that really truly belongs to you than to live in somebody else's home where at any any on any whim they can kick you out or do things to you and and you par and now you're paralyzed too so you're extremely vulnerable extremely yeah. why would you want to be in there with these two psychopaths who hate you it she, did, she I, sees it as her home doesn't she because they were in the marriage she sees it as her home but yeah is it really worth risking the ability to walk over and, it, and like you say it would be unbearable to live there anyway and my thing about the, that house, too, about the mansion is that should have been something that she fought for in her divorce. Yeah, yeah. If the, yeah, if, she, if the divorce is final, it, yeah, maybe Julian, maybe they had a, who knows, did they? Well, no, they can't have had a prenup or she wouldn't have been trying to fight for the house. She should, like, she should have fought for the house. I, I don't know what, how can Julian divorce her without her signing the papers? Yeah, yeah. So if the divorce is done, all the details should have been worked out. 
Right. They should have had her lawyer, his lawyer. They worked mm-hmm. out all the, the financial arrangements. And if they can't so- agree, it would go to a, a hearing, potentially, if they can't agree on dividing up their assets. But that didn't happen. It just struck midnight one night, didn't it? And they were divorced. And they're divorced. And I don't. And he's, and that's why he went to Bermuda. Bermuda. So maybe that's the the caveat of why he went to Bermuda, because that was the part that I didn't understand. Like, what what does Bermuda have to do with him getting a divorce? But maybe he could get a divorce from Ivy and Bermuda where she didn't have to But then everyone sign. would go to Bermuda if there was a loophole. I don't know. I, I don't wonder, know. Do, they have different laws in different states. Is that correct about how divorces work and who gets yeah. what? Yeah, yeah. I don't know what their the law is in But I believe, England. I believe that in every state, pretty much, you have to both parties have to sign off on the divorce or um a judge has to make yeah. a, a a ruling right so maybe he had a judge make a ruling i guess i i don't know whatever well, she, she used ethan as her lawyer we didn't we didn't see in uh ethan helping out and and look at that ethan's her lawyer and look at that she's homeless mm. oh dear mm. his sharp legal mind he couldn't even get his mama a house, again. any any assets out of this marriage that she's wasted her life in. So and yes. they're meant to be multi-billionaires, aren't they, the cringe? She would have got, if she didn't get the house, she would have got something substantial, surely, she, in the divorce. She should have gotten a lot in the divorce. And I'm hoping mm-hmm. that soon they will show us what, what's going on with Ivy financially. Like, they will explain, like, Ivy's broke. And explain and why again, she's broke. she comes broke. from wealth anyway, doesn't she, Ivy? Yeah. They have to explain to me why she's broke because she mm-hmm. comes from money. So where is the where is her money? Where's her trust fund, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so she, I, Eve tells Ivy, no, you cannot leave. You're going to make yourself worse. Ivy says, I don't care. I'm leaving. I'll sign whatever papers you need me to sign. Eve's like, well, you're going to have to sign a paper that says that you're leaving and checking yourself yeah. out of the hospital against medical um, advice. And she says, I don't care. I'll sign it. Give it to me. So she signs the papers, gets in her wheelchair, and... Uh, leaves and eve follows her eve, eve was like i've her. arranged for you to have um, a full-time nurse i just don't know where to send the nurse to and ivy was like the crane mansion obviously and then eve, eve was like no it's, it's not a good idea to go there you're recovering from major surgery you don't need any more stress yeah so she goes to the mansion in her wheelchair and meanwhile julian is having a meeting with his lawyer um yes. harvey what's his name again harper name? Harper. Oh, harper i keep saying harvey <laughs> remember it um his lawyer harper shows up uh i'm gonna speed through this really quick basically basically um rebecca before harper shows up rebecca threatens julian again with if you don't marry me i'll tell everybody that you killed sheridan so then when harper comes in julian says to him i need my annulment done and i need it done now and fast and harper's like well you went to another country it makes things go go a little bit slower i have a harder time dealing with the laws in Bermuda than I would here in the U.S. And Julian says, well, I need this done now. And he says, well, what's the big deal? Why, like, why, why are you so scared of Rebecca? Because he he keeps bringing up Rebecca. He says, like, Rebecca's breathing down my neck. Yeah. And then he explains, he tells Harper that he, yeah. he says, Sheridan's death was no accident, actually. And Harper realizes, mm-hmm. my God, you killed your own sister. And he's horrified. He says, count mm-hmm. me out. I'm out of here. That's smart, Harper. But then Julian says, well, actually, it wasn't my idea. It was father's idea. Harper turns around and says, your father? And he's like, yes, my father. And you know very well that you can't just leave here now. Like, you will incur retribution yeah. if you abandon us now. So now- my Har- question. Mm-hmm. Alistair has also threatened Rebecca. Why is she not scared? Yeah, I think- it's because Julian is not going to tell Alistair that he married Teresa. 
So whatever, wow. and, and of course, Rebecca doesn't know that that's what's going on with him and why he's having like um, um, cold feet or whatever. But I think because Alistair has already said, you need to marry Rebecca, go ahead and marry Rebecca. He, she knows She's that Alistair's on her side. She knows that Alistair's on her side and wants her to marry Julian, partially because of all of the Sheridan shit. He, actually, a large part of why he wants Julian to marry Rebecca is because mm. he wants to keep her close because she knows so much. So it's in Alistair's plan, yeah. So she, and she knows that. So she, as far as Alistair goes, neither of these people have a reason to go to Alistair about this. Julian can't go to Alistair about it because then he would have to explain that he married yeah. Teresa. And um, Rebecca doesn't need to go to Alistair about it because Alistair would be on her side if she did. Yeah. Right. So she can threaten Julian with confidence, which she's been doing for a long time. Yeah. Um, so uh, the, the doorbell rings while they're having this conversation harper it was really julian. funny because julian like recapped to harper about the whole thing about killing sheridan and he was like louise can never get access to the family's secret files and harper asks where the logic is and says i don't see it and i'm like neither do we <laughs> and then julian's like you don't have to i just need to get to the, the annulment which i thought was a funny nod to the absurdity of the plot no it was perfect it's like it doesn't make any sense right it doesn't make any sense <laughs> Move it on. Doesn't. oh my gosh but yes, so the the um, doorbell rings. Rebecca says, oh, I'll get it. Because she comes from, she's not in the room with them when they're having yeah. their meeting. She comes back through the library or through the study to go get she's the like, door. Oh, such a good wife. I'm thinking, where are all the maids in this house? Why did they have to get the door? Off duty, I guess. Yes. Yeah. Somebody said that before where they were like, maybe I said it. These cranes are always <laughs> opening their own doors and answering their <laughs> own phones. And they're suppo I'm supposed to believe they're billionaires. They're like, people for that. Right. Um, but yes, so... Rebecca goes to the door, and of course it's Ivy trying to get in the house because they yeah. locked the door. Rebecca answered. No, the her door. key got fried in the lightning. She said my key got fried by lightning, which I thought was funny. Oh, she said that. Okay, so yeah, I didn't yeah. think they had changed the locks, but I thought I thought well maybe the door's just always unlocked. Like no, she, she said, tried my to key got it. fried by lightning, which I thought was funny. Oh, you caught so much. Y'all always catch so much more than I do in those like little moments. I don't think I'm always listening. <laughs> I know I'm not always listening sometimes. Like, but no. Okay, her key got fried by lightning. Hilarious. Yeah hilarious but that you know that would do it um my brother one time when we were kids we had you know those little night lights that go um mm. you know that go into the wall you plug into the wall yep. it was like pulled out ever so slightly so you oh. so the the plug part was like exposed and my brother yep. dropped a quarter like into the slit Whoa. right between the socket and the the plug and it like melted the quarter <laughs> i wondered if that would really happen but that's yeah. probably sounds like it would then yeah, yeah. It melted the quarter. Like it had like those two dent marks in it where it had like hit the the metal and it, the metal had That's gone crazy. into it and it melted it, burned it. Yeah. It was, I mean, it was pretty cool, but oh, yeah. I'm sure, yeah. It, that lightning would absolutely fry a key. Absolutely. Fry a key. Yeah. So um, Rebecca comes to the door, uh, tells Ivy, no, 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 you're banned from here. This, this is Julian's house and I am Julian's fiance. So that means this is my house and you cannot come in. Uh, and then she... Ivy tries to go in with like her wheelchair, but then Rebecca just pushes her away in the wheelchair, so which again, like I said, Ivy is vulnerable. They can do anything to her because yeah. she is paralyzed. Um, and that is like the end of them, right? That's it for like the troublemaker. Yeah, it was funny. Ivy was like, get out of my way, bitch. I'm coming through. Rebecca's like, over my dead body, just wheels her away. She's like, don't touch my wheelchair. Poor Ivy. Poor Ivy. Poor Ivy, honestly. I so think Eric would have loved this scene. I think Eric, Eric did really enjoy it. Eric did love this scene. Eric clipped it and yep. sent it to me. I know Eric loved yep. this. Like he he loved he loves wheelchair Ivy. He loves wheelchair yes. Ivy. So and he loves a cat fight. Mm-hmm. Rebecca and Ivy. Together. Not that this was much as a, of a fight. 
because oh. Abby was so vulnerable. Yeah. Okay. Tabitha, magic, all of these things. Magic. Tabitha and Timmy. Tabitha and Timmy have been summoned to the basement. Tabitha doesn't understand why. Descend. Like, yeah, descend. <laughs> descend, Tabitha and Timmy. Descend. Yeah, they're summoning her down. She doesn't understand why. She's like, no, look at all the pain and suffering going on in Harmony right now. And uh, Charity thinks she has to give up Miguel. Like, we're doing good. We're on, we're we're up right now, baby. We're up. What do I need to come down for? Um, and so they tell her to come down, but she doesn't want to go. She's scared. And and then is sucked into a vortex. Why did I write that? What does that mean? Who got sucked into yeah, a vortex? Yeah, so, well, I've written. Oh, no, it was imagination. Did. It was a swirl. I wrote swirl. There was like okay. a swirl. And okay. the, yeah, so it was funny because um, I really liked it because Timmy Timmy was like, um, yeah, Timmy says, Tabitha hasn't even put a dent in good. And she's like, I'll tell them I'll try harder. And Timmy was like, try harder, that's it. And Tabitha was like, oh yes, it does sound rather lame, doesn't it? And Timmy says, lame. Timmy would rather um, be stuck with Norma and her ax than go down there, than hear Tabitha give that cockamamie excuse. And then there's like a swirl and the boys in the basement are like, you have failed miserably and let the forces of good prevail. Yeah, it was what Tabitha imagined was going to I happen. I wasn't sure about down. whether that was imaginary or real. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah, and now I, yeah, they, so she imagines this horrible stuff happening when they go down in the basement. So then I the two was of just them- imaginary. Yep, because then the two of them run away and run out into the front yes. yard. Yes, yes, yes. And run away from the basement door. And then when they get outside, uh, Timmy's like, we should flee. Let's go to New York. And then let's go to Honolulu. But then mm. they realize that their feet are stuck to the ground. And we hear the uh-huh. demon saying, you can you can run, but you can't hide. But they can't run, actually. You glued their feet <laughs> yeah. down. So then they suck them back into the house. Mm-hmm. And she ends up going back, going down into the basement. They demand, we demand that you descend. And when she gets downstairs, the demon goes, you have failed, hag. (laughs) (laughs) That was a nomination for Burn of the Week for mine. Yeah. I love the word hag. And I love the word. It's so insulting, isn't it? Yes. I love hag and I love like old crone. Like those two things when somebody says that in a show, it just cracks me up. You hag. What I thought was funny was like when they were going out down there, Timmy was like, Timmy's never going to leave his princess. Timmy's going to protect Tabitha till the end. But he says it whilst like hiding behind her body, which I thought was really funny and really cute. Yeah, yeah. And so they get down into the basement. The bottle that they trapped Hecuba in is like yeah. down there. They kick it by accident. Um, and then T- Tabitha notices that there's a new curtain downstairs, mm-hmm. new decor downstairs that she have, has never seen before. Timmy goes to kind of check behind the curtains, which again, very brave of Timmy to yeah. go to check behind the curtain. He goes to check, but then the curtains open up and it's a floating demon head who uh says you need to report what have you done basically yeah. it's time to report check in and the says i haven't had to do a report since i can't remember exactly but it was like since a the, black death. the black, since the black death. plague yeah. yeah and so she has a report and timmy says why don't you just tell him read hidden passions to him and and that'll tell him all the things that you've been doing and uh whatever it was a plug for hidden passions which they plugged three got times, cut. I think. Uh, that actor should have got a cut from the profits because he did nothing but plug that book. Yeah. <laughs> the, act, the actor that played Timmy, constantly he, plugging Hidden Passions. He, he plugged it like three times this week. Yeah. Um, so then she decides to start her report. She explains, and this is all, so much of this is just recap. Think about the things yeah. that Tabitha has yeah. done. Think about the things that are going wrong in Harmony right now. Those are the things that she talks about. Sheridan's been blown in up by a boat. Life. Yeah. yeah, Sheridan's been blown up on the boat. Uh, t- and everybody thinks she's dead, but she's not. Imagine all the pain that's going to cause everybody. T- uh, Teresa has married someone that she didn't mean to marry and she was drunk mm-hmm. and uh Kay is about to find out that she's a bastard and she's the key to my plan to yeah. break up Charity and Miguel because once she finds out that she's a bastard she's gonna 
she's going to turn fully evil and she's the key to breaking them up. Mm -hmm. The demon is not going for it. He's like, this isn't enough. <laughs> the demon was like, she's a civilian. How is she going to help? And I'm like, is she a civilian? Because she's from that family. And it seemed like she has powers. The leaves were whipping up around her. So I thought that was she, interesting. She definitely has powers. They said that all the Standish women have powers. All of yeah. these women have powers. And like you just said, the she made the the wind blow. Mm. And that was all her for sure. Her evil. Yeah. Yeah. And so it was it was her power. And it's just, I think, I believe, and maybe I'm wrong about this. I, this is the way I want to believe it. Mm -hmm. I believe that they all have power and they get to choose how to use it. But or it's if kind they of, use it, yeah. Or if they use it. And the reason why Charity's powerful, is, I mean, Ch Charity's power is so powerful is because she's such a fucking goody two-shoes, mm. right? She's like, so she, she's got the powers of goodness. And since Kay isn't such a goody two-shoes, she still has power, but it's not quite as powerful because there's, there's darkness there and it's not pure. Yeah. Charity's power is pure and that's why it's so scary. The powers of good help her, yeah. yeah. It's so scary to the to the bad side or whatever. Ah, uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But yeah, Kay definitely has power. Um, so yeah, she's telling the the demon, look at look at what's going on in Harmony. There's so much pain and suffering happening here, and there's so much more about to happen. Like you can't you can't kill me now. And the demon's like, nope. Now's the time. It's time for you to go to the pit of pain and despair, or pain and suffering and despair, or something like that. It got you a few things. Where you will roast for all eternity. She starts begging for mercy. She's begging, like, no, please, that's so horrible. I just need more time. Timmy made it a good point. He's like, you took her powers away. How did you expect her to do anything? <laughs> so, such a good point. Yes, it is a solid point that everybody should keep making, you know? Mm -hmm. um, but while all of this is happening, Kay happens upon the basement door and she can hear Tabitha's voice. Sad. It was so silly. She can hear Tabitha's voice. She sees like smoke coming out. And she sees like the lights. And she remembers that Tabitha said that like her tropical plants were down there. But she's like, oh, I hope Tabitha hasn't fallen. I'm worried about her. So she tries to open the door, but it is locked. So she knocks on the door. Knock, 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 knock. And um, she's calling out to Tabitha. And this is when the demon says to Tabitha, get rid of her. Get rid of yeah. her. To make her go somewhere else, basically. And Tabitha says, so does that mean we're off the hook? We have more yeah. time? And the demon is like, I guess, yes. But if you don't, if you don't get Kay to go dark and be, come over to the dark side and be bad again, then you will have to go into the pit of pain and despair. Um, so that was easy. That was simple. <laughs> Kay had to knock on the door and now that it's all over for them, you know, they can go back to their life. I think it was a, a reprieve um, because it, it said you granted with one condition and Timmy was like, oh, fine print. And the ES is Tabitha kept calling this demon, which stands for evil forces. If Kay doesn't turn evil, then you'll roast in hell forever. So they're like, yeah, make it turn evil or you're in trouble. So it was a, yeah. a conditional reprieve. Yeah. So she goes back and then she and Kay have tea. She explains to Kay about the plants. It doesn't matter. They it have was tea. Masterful. Yeah. Yeah. They end up having tea together. And, um, K Kay opens up to Tabitha about how hard the last couple of years have been with charity coming to town and um she says she sees now how she was wrong about trying to break up charity and miguel and that she should actually be happy for charity and miguel mm -hmm. and tabitha says i thought you hated her blonde guts yeah <laughs> which i loved i thought you hated her blonde guts and Kay says well you know i think i'm responsible for all the horrible things that have been happening because my intentions haven't been exactly pure and but now from now on, I'm only putting out good vibes so that only good vibes come back to me. Mm -hmm. So that's why when Sam calls the meeting, she 
is expecting something good because she's been good yeah. for 3.5 seconds and she thinks now she deserves a, a trip to Honolulu or wherever she wants to go, Waikiki. But I think and... it's because she's not really good because she she was like saying to Tabitha, oh, you want tea? Oh, do you want anything else with that tea? And before Tabitha can even answer, Tabitha started to say she wanted cookies. She just started talking about herself and what she wanted to talk about. So even good K is still all about Kay, which I, th I thought was quite funny. Yeah, she's she she is who she is. Mm. And I appreciated that she was trying to at least not be like yeah. sneaky and scheming and she's not trying to kill her cousin anymore because I have not forgot. I know I've been saying I'm Team yep. K, I'm Team K. I have not forgotten that she really did try to kill Charity more than once. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like for real. So, but yeah, she she's just not doing that anymore, and that's what she considers and good. Guess why? That's why Tabitha's so confident in her plan. She's like she'll return to the evil little vixen. She's always being Kay Bennett, the queen of mean. Yeah. So at, we've we've established everything with the family meeting and mm -hmm. um, Charity and Miguel. So we have to talk very briefly about what's going on this between is Charity funny. and Miguel. Yeah. These two people, first of all, they were at the book cafe. Remember, they mm -hmm. gave Luis the book or whatever. And they had Wearing a conversation. Wearing the same outfits from Warlock Island. Yes, thank you for bringing that up. Yes. They're all, all of the kids on War yes. from Warlock Island are still in their Warlock Island clothes. Why? Well, they've been waterlogged. As soon as you got back into Harmony, you would I would have been getting changed into my gym yeah. jams, actually. Probably Shower. getting a hot water bottle. Yeah. Yeah, you would shower, you would change clothes, you would get in the bed. Like, y'all have been through a harrowing experience. Her blouse got torn by the rock, but she's just going to chill in the book In cafe. her raggedy clothes. And <laughs> and that the fact that they had that book for Louise means they went home. They had a chance to get changed, but it none means, of them chose to. None of them. They're all still in those clothes. Thank you for bringing that up. I forgot. I didn't write it in my notes, but I remember being like, it hurts why, me. why haven't they changed clothes? Well, they're at the book cafe, still in their warlock island clothes and dirty, raggedy. And they look clean now, though, the clothes, actually. I think Miguel's is still, I think Charity's looks cleaner than it should, but Miguel's is still pretty yeah. dingy, okay. I will say. Okay. Um, so, but not as dirty as it needs to. It should be. No. None of their clothes are as dirty as they should be. That's for sure. Hey, um, was in the same outfit. She looked fine. Yeah. Y'all, they're talking about uh, Charity saying, I still have this feeling that something's gonna happen that Kay's gonna take you away from me and also that I gave something up when I talked to the tree and Charity says you know I've been th reading folklore on trees and yes. they represent what they're symbols of wisdom and divine the divineness of nature and Miguel then says to her god I hate him I hate him then he says to her oh actually Charity I think I know why you think think you talked to the tree she says oh really yeah. why and he brings out a copy of the Lord of the Rings and says, "He said it's from a book. Yeah, I wrote what book? The DSM six, but no, it was the Lodge of the Rings. The it was the, about why she's talking to trees. Yeah, the Lord of the Rings. And he says, "Remember, we read this last semester, and you have such a such a great and amazing imagination mm -hmm. that you just imagined talking to the tree. Because I read the Lord of the Rings six months ago. What, like, shut up! I Number hate one, him. These kids go to school. We've never seen it. Mm -hmm. Um." Number two, so he believes they were warlocks. He believes all this mad stuff that happened on the island. Why can't a tree talk to her as well? Why does he believe all the other craziness, but not that bit? He's gaslighting her. He is. He's horrible. And I can't stand him. And he also reiterates the same bullshit he said last week, which was, Kay, can, Kay doesn't want me. And I, yeah, like, I, he, when he knows that Kay wants him, he knows that they've had that conversation no less than three times. No less than three times have had, mm -hmm. has he had that conversation with Kay. And kissed. About how much she, and kissed, about mm -hmm. how much she loves him. So don't give me this bullshit about Kay doesn't want me. You know she does. So that's, again, a lie. 
it's a lie. And I don't think the writers are framing it as a lie, but it is a lie. Yeah, it seems like he believes it, but yeah, yeah we know that's not the case. I thought it was funny when Charity said she had a hard time believing she was being she was brainwashed by Tolkien. I thought that was quite funny. At least she's standing up for herself a little bit and not a like, little bit. Oh yes, I must be tired, Miguel. She I... gave a little bit of pushback. Miguel she... got frustrated with her, I think, for the first time. Yeah, well, yeah, he's just yeah. They they had a little bit of a tiff. It got a little tense. Mm. It definitely got a little tense because she's saying this is what happened to me and he's not believing her. Mm-hmm. And at one point she says that she had a a vision of, oh, because that's one thing we didn't talk about. Charity yep. had a vision of the boat exploding. Yes. Um, and she tells Luis that. Yeah, and she said, Lu- I saw it in my vision and it looks horrible. And Luis says, well, even if you had called us, we probably would not have heeded your warning. So Yeah, and I was like, do you even know your fiancé? If Sheridan got a call saying that Charity had had a vision about them going on a boat exploding, there is no way Sheridan would have gone on that boat. Mm-mm, at all. Because, I mean, she was ready to call off the wedding just because Charity had that premonition yeah. about something horrible happening at the wedding. Sheridan so. gets bad feelings, doesn't she? And doesn't Sheridan almost gets premonition. So I think Sheridan would have absolutely avoided the boat on that day. So that annoyed me a little bit. Me too. Mm. Me too. Um, so uh, she also... Charity also talks about how she thinks something, something is going to happen to break them up. Mm-hmm. And she also has this feeling that Sheridan isn't dead. And Miguel says yes. to her, do not tell mm-hmm. Luis about that because it would just be too cruel. Yeah. And I, I feel similarly, like I, I, I see the, I see both sides of this. I do. Because Charity does have all of these, all of these premonitions and she had specifically the, the premonition about Sheridan was true. The boat blew up. Oh, that's a really good point. Yeah. And so if she was to say, I also have this feeling that Sheridan yeah. is actually still alive, I think that would carry a lot of weight. Miguel doesn't believe her though. He never believes her. This, no. he always is talking about how much he loves Charity, but he does not love her because he does not trust her. He doesn't trust her at all. He doesn't trust her. He doesn't believe her. He doesn't think that she, even though she's right, even though she's right. I, I, and has I, been proven right quite a few times. times. He still doesn't believe anything she says. Yeah. Um. So that basically is it. We have like Kay doing her storm out and causing yeah, the wind storm. Which we talked about. I vow to never be good again. Charity, they're, Charity and Miguel are walking home as this wind is starting to kick up. And Charity hears somebody saying, beware. Beware. And I wonder, is that the trees? I don't know, but Miguel didn't hear it. And Miguel doesn't hear it when the trees talk to Charity. So yeah, yeah, the trees is probably a good call, actually. Yeah, and she says she feels like something has been put in motion that is going to hurt them. So that's where we end it this week. You have anything to add? No, just my my burn of the week was from Eve to Julian. So when Julian had said, we had sex too. Uh, We had sex, but you and I once had sex too, when he was talking about Teresa. And Eve just said, the thought of it, fills me with revulsion but it was also the look in her face she was so disgusted that was my that was my burn of the burn week. of the week love mm-hmm. it love it love it well thank you for being here with me again lisa thank you so much for having me Loved had a it. great time thank you um tell everybody where they can find you at make everyday looks on youtube and instagram all right and i will link that in the, the description and as always you can find me on all of the social medias just check the link in the description as well and it'll take you to all of my other links and with that you are my passion for life